Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 143, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show on this Wednesday night. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've never seen the show before, this is our once-weekly live show. We talk beer, we talk tech. However, uh, or we do drink beer on the show. However, we do keep the content as family-friendly as possible in both language and content. If you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know early in the show, and we'll give some early show shout-outs in the chat. And there was one other thing I usually say. You'd uh, think I'd have this down by now. Yeah, you'd think you'd almost like have it like scripted or something. Right. I, <laughs> uh, tell, let us know what you're drinking in chat. For I, did, I, I did, did that. that yeah. Early show shout outs. Uh, did you talk about the um, um, uh, super chats? Usually oh, super talk. chats will be read on the air. Speaking of which, Novella Hub early in with a $10 super chat. It's my birthday today. Crack open the beers I sent. One of the beers I sent you, Craft Computing. Um, you know, I might have to dig into one of those. Although those are... The reason I haven't opened those beers is he sent me growlettes. And so they're 32 ounce cans. Ah. <laughs> and literally I opened them, I think the week after we went into lockdown. And so I haven't had anyone to drink with. <laughs> <laughs> so if I felt like drinking one beer tonight, I would totally open one of those. But uh, uh, as it is, um, I'm going to be pushing it opening two tonight because, <laughs> yes. oh man, do I have a good one to start with. Uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I am, uh, it is, it is very, very hot in my garage. I, uh, I, I see that you're kind of glistening. Yes, I know. I'm like looking for my bar rag. Um, so I needed something. I thought I was going to enjoy something pretty light. So I'm going to go with a Vienna style lager. Hmm. Uh, I've never heard of this brewery before. And, um, uh, I kind of just, Picked it up on a whim at the bottle shop. It's like, oh, I don't see Vienna lagers too often here, especially in the Pacific Northwest. It's always just, you know, big, uh, hot bomb, IPAs, stuff like that. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to get this because I do love a good multi-lager. Very nice. Uh, so, again, I mentioned I'm drinking uh, a fairly heavy beer tonight. This one's actually from the stock that Jason sent me over uh, in his care pack slash settlement. Um, so this is from, uh, Curbs Brewing in, what is it? McAllister, Oklahoma. This is the Prairie Artisan Ales Pirate Bomb. Uh, now for those who haven't heard of this, this is a series of, of bomb beers from, uh, from, uh, Prairie. Curbs Brewing. Yeah. Or from Prairie. Uh, and this one is an Imperial Stout aged in rum barrels with cokey, with cokey. Coffee, <laughs> coffee, uh, coffee. With, with coffee, cacao nibs, vanilla beans, and chilies added, clocking in at 15%. Th this is a heavy one. Yes. I mean, that's essentially three of my beers. Yes. Oh, oh and this is a 12er. Yes. Well, yeah. So I, I, have, I have the uh, 355 bottle, but it's coming in yeah. at only 5%. Yeah. So... so yeah, three oh, times 16 ounces, though. three times the ethanol in two thirds the package size. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, this this is a big one. I was telling John before the show, I I tonight felt like a barley wine kind of night. Like I I wanted a beer with a meal in a bottle. Uh, I I wanted you know a beer with a little chutzpah behind it. But the only barley wines that I have are like forty dollars a bottle, and I wasn't gonna crack one of those open tonight. That and they're you know. 14, 15, 16 percenters, and they're, they're bombers. And so they're 24, 26 ounces. And I went, eh, no. 
And then I found this and I went, 12 ounce, I could, I could do that. So let's go ahead and crack these open and we'll get this show on the road. All right. Do you want to do yours or mine first? Uh, let's go ahead and do yours and I'll get my okay. bottle opener ready here. Oh, yeah. Uh, there we go. Nice. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure your camera is finding your face through the refraction and because it kept like zooming in and out, but then it would focus just beyond the beer on like the reflection in the back of the glass. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't set the face priority. Face so I'm like, oh, I see something in there with eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's lock in on that. Mm. Say so it looks good. Oh, that's good. Nice. That's it's it's multi. It is definitely more of that uh, something you would probably expect in Germany, uh, yeah. Europe. It is, I will state, uh, like I said, it is warm in my garage. Uh, and I was early today. And so it's been sitting already in my garage for like 15 minutes. And it has uh, felt, it, it, it tastes like it has. It's, already it's no longer up. 35. It's like 42. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but it is a uh, very nice, thick tasting lager with nice malt flavor to it. Very nice. All right, uh, so let's get this pirate bomb opened up. Oh, I like that. Boy, you can smell the chili right on the top of that thing. I told you. Yeah. Yeah, those, because the couple of bombs I've had are like, wow, you can, they're not overpowerful with the heat, but I was, you could taste the heat. You know it's there. Yeah, right. you definitely know it's there. Oh God, yeah, especially in the glass now. <laughs> kind of catches you off guard, even when you're expecting it. Oh, that is good. Ooh, wow. And that's a really dangerous 15%. Oh, I, yeah, all of those are. I mean, they probably drink like eight or nines. This drinks like an eight. Yeah. Legit, this drinks like a Black Butte Porter. Yeah, yeah, this, no. <laughs> there which is a six and a half six six yeah i think something yeah. like that this thing mm -hmm. just... see this this is the shot i need i need b-roll of, of this type of stuff or just nice super hot still getting my face <laughs> i know <laughs> super bubbly ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that is good a little bit bigger swig and you get just a little bit of a tinge of heat on your tongue but like you said, it is nothing even close to overpowering. Um, boy, that is a dangerous drink. <laughs> mm. I like that. All right. Let's get this show on the road. A little bit of Intel news to start us off. Yeah. Uh, because they are really the big story of the week. Uh, not just because to us, they're a local company. It's an Oregon company. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Intel, I, I titled this Stunning Failure because that's exactly what Bloomberg called it in their, their expose on this. Uh, Intel's stunning failure at chip development and the fact they are likely going to be outsourcing chip fabrication to TSMC starting like now. Um, 
So for those who haven't heard the news, uh, Intel has basically said, we failed. Last week, they said their 7 nanometer and 10 nanometer chips were both going to be delayed. Uh, 10 nanometer until at least middle of next year, if not late to like Q4 next year. Yep. And 7 nanometer would not be appearing until at least 2023 now. Uh, <laughs> which if you remember right, 7 nanometer was supposed to appear in 2017. So they have been on the same 14 nanometer fab now for five years. Uh, and they have pushed 7 nanometer back year over year every single year. Um, because they can't get their, their seven nanometer fab stable. They, they can't get a good yield out of them. And they've kind of reached the point where they said, we have to give up. Uh, and that's never a good place for a company to be. That's never something that they want to say out loud, let alone make public. Yeah. Um, well, this is also, I think the first time in 30 years they've ever had to even go outside of their own company. Right. So, uh, well, they, they've had TSMC do some fabs for them before as far as uh, chipsets, and okay. they've also done some FPGAs, but it is certainly not the bulk of their manufacturing. Yeah, maybe um, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Intel is the second largest chip maker in the world, uh, second, I believe, to TSMC. Um, and uh, most of those fabs are made right here in the States. I mean, we have a plant here in Oregon, and their corporate headquarters is here in Oregon, up in Hillsboro. Uh, they've got a plant in New Mexico. They've got another one in Arizona and they were rolling a new one out, I believe in Ireland, um, in Dublin. Um, but, uh, who knows if that is still going to happen, but, uh, or if they'll spin it into something else, maybe they'll start producing graphics cards there. Who knows? But all we know right now is Intel has pretty much said we're, we're not doing well. Yeah. Uh, and this was kind of speculated on, on like, we heard some rumblings that they might be looking at TSMC. Well, then TSMC made public, no, we already have a deal. Like, they've already placed an order. So we'll be making their chips as soon as like this fall. <laughs> uh, I don't know if Intel really wanted that news to come out yet. Uh, but basically on the news of this, Intel stock dropped 16% and TSMC rose 10%. Um, now, again, Intel is one of the largest fabs in the world, and uh, they produce hundreds of millions of chips per year. Uh, but TSMC has really caught and surpassed them, uh, producing on the, on the order of magnitude billions of chips a year. Uh, billions of chips per year. Sorry, I slurred like four words in a row there. <laughs> I told you, this is kind of a deceptive beer. Um, but... Because Intel has not been able to push their fabs forward, it, it allowed TSMC to catch them and, and not only catch them, but surpass them by multiple generations at this point, because Intel had planned on 10 nanometer being kind of a stopgap until they hit seven. Well, AMD jumped from 14 to kind of 12 for like nine months and then went straight to seven and probably beyond here in the in the very near future. Oh, and yeah. Intel is still kind of left, you know, holding their holding, yeah, holding their own tail. So it's it's not a good look. And for those who thought, there's a couple people out there who probably still thought, well, Intel still has something. They'll still drop something at some point. This was kind of the final, Intel doesn't have yes. any we, we don't get anything. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't, now, wasn't it rumored that Samsung was getting in, into chip with them or something like that? Um, 
Now, Samsung has been going pretty hard with their own ARM architecture for quite some time. And as we know, Apple just uh, decided to go ARM uh, yeah. and ditch Intel, kind of left Intel at the altar, which also hurt Intel stock significantly. And that might have um, been what I was thinking of. Yeah, so, it, uh, so yeah, everyone's been kind of dropping Intel left and right. And uh, we've been seeing for the last year, or at least since uh, since Zen 2 architecture dropped, especially with, with Epic, like I said, uh, you know, we, we like to think consumers have the uh, the the say in what goes on and, you know, profits and losses for the industry. Consumer chips are are not nearly the profit centers that the enterprise is, though. And uh, the fact that Epic has been outselling Intel top to bottom across their entire stack uh, really says something because HP is now making, you know, Epic boxes and Dell is making Epic boxes and uh, Supermicro was always doing AMD systems, but I, I know the numbers have been much, much higher on AMD systems than they have been Intel lately. And uh, and the consumer market reflects that. Uh, you know, the, the consumer market goes where the enterprise market goes. And if you're winning in the enterprise market, you're probably going to win in the consumer space too. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see of what next year, what uh, prices of Intel uh, chips will be. Uh, mm -hmm. Use chips and, and and then latest model chips of what they're going to be asking are they because uh, are they still going to be asking the same price and still basically saying we're still number one right <laughs> you know um, technically <laughs> well it was really funny um, so Linus Tech came out with a video earlier today on some prototype light guns that work with LCDs OLEDs plasma screens CRTs everything uh, they work on a different technology. And so all your old MAME and emulation games yeah. will now work on flat panel screens, which is awesome. Um, but uh, uh, they were talking about the CPU utilization and they were doing this on like a mobile i3 fifth generation chip. So like many, many years old. I mean, yeah. we're talking back to, you know, 2015 is this came out, 2014, 2015. Um, and it was a, a 15 watt mobile part that was running this, this thing. And... Uh, they made the comment of, well, you know, a modern gaming chip is is going to run circles around this as far as, you know, performance goes. So, um, uh, you know, a single thread on a modern chip is going to be that much faster. And uh, Anthony said something along the lines of, uh, well, that and the architectural improvements. And Linus goes, I don't think Intel's had any architectural improvements since fifth gen. <laughs> <laughs> and so even in like a light gun, you know, get they, they yeah. got a little, a little dig in and... I've gotten a couple digs in like that as well, you know, on this show saying, boy, Intel's been, you know, for a while they were doing the TikTok thing where it was fab increase and then, you know, optimization and then fab increase and then optimization. And then they said, well, TikTok is dead. We're, we think that that's lame. And so we're just going to go like more optimization route, which yeah. is 14 nanometer plus. And then we got plus plus, plus, and then we got plus, yeah. plus, plus, and then we got plus, 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 yeah, plus. It was every time was here, here's 15%, 15%. Right. That's all you need. Right. Well, it was, it was not even that it was 8% max year or, over year yeah. on flagship parts. And all it was, was because they got higher clock speeds. Um, I mean, this is the same architecture since, since Sandy bridge. It, it's been an iteration of the Sandy bridge architecture since 2011. So, the architecture is good. It's not that it's not. 
The problem is they can't refine it down to a the next level to get the next level of performance out of it. They can't drop it from 14 to 10 and get more efficient. They can't drop it from 10 to 7 and boost performance out of it. Um, you know, they have some 10 nanometer chips on the market right now. They're 15 watt dual core mobile chips. That's all they can produce at scale. And when you're talking about, you know, producing dyes that are, you know, dye fabs that are, you know, fairly large, that's not a good scale. No. <sighs> Sorry, it's really hot in here. Remember the, you remember <laughs> Sorry, that time? Sorry, really you, good beer. <laughs> remember that time you were uh, you and Steve talk about uh, your attic? That's that's yeah. what it feels like in here. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Um, if you want to watch how hot it was in my garage, I have one video that was ever filmed in my garage um, at my old house, and it's my uh, average gamer's PC. What is the average PC on Steam? Yeah, and. Uh, uh, that was the week after I moved out of your bar and started filming at my house. I'm like, I'll just make a studio in my garage. That sounds amazing, right? Yeah, that's where um, everyone starts. Right. It, it was 105 degrees outside the day that I decided to film that. I started filming at 9 o'clock at night, and I'm pretty sure it was still like 99 degrees yeah. in my garage. And so the whole time I had my garage door you know, cracked open about a third of the way, um, and I would shoot for about four minutes, and that's all I could stand. And then I would walk inside and stand in front of a box fan for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I'd walk out and do the next take. And so in between scenes, you can see my hair doing like different things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it blew this way this time and now it's up over here. Yeah. It's because it was 99 degrees the day I filmed that video. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I will say your background looks much nicer, but I, I understand the feeling. Yes. Yes. I really do. Oh, this is very hot. I'm I'm in like shorts and and like yeah. I really want to wipe my brow. <laughs> I'm starting to glisten. Uh, I'm uh, I, I know the feeling, John. I mean, it, it's 71 in my office right now, and I'm just sweltering. You you uh, I, yeah, we're suffering. You're suffering there. I know. I've got this LED light on me. It's a little too bright. God, it's just, just yeah, it, 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 it's really only about like eh, just a hair too too bright. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. I'm suffering. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> so hard. Uh, the best artists suffer for the craft, John. <laughs> You're like, this is this is such a hard, hard studio shooting. That's why I needed this 15% beer. That's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have I the temperature limit to afford it. I, <laughs> I suffer for for all of my fans. You know, in a way, this is kind of the difference between AMD and Intel right now, because, you know, you're kind of Intel. You're you're stuck at that 14 nanometer. You're we know you're the better of the two of us, you know, but you're also running at like 98 percent of your of your peak efficiency. Yeah, and I'm uh, about to overheat. And, and the wattage is just to the extreme. Meanwhile, yeah. it's 71 degrees here. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to take it a little bit slower. But at the same time, man, it's, it's nice and comfortable. It's quiet in here. <laughs> Yeah, but I got a sweet, sweet cooler. I need, or I, yeah, I need that that giant refrigerator hookup. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh. I'm just cranking through this 15 percenter, and you're you're five percent on your Photoshop render. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is all warm now. My beer's still cold. What's funny is, is, is my beer is probably the temperature your beer should be. It's probably right. 
Like this is still just a hair too cold. Like I, I'm I'm starting to get a couple more flavors out of it now. So, uh, my my That's legs great. are now sweating too. Great. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna keep the show moving tonight. Um, um, let's see. I didn't give any early beer shout outs, so let's uh, scroll back up in the chat here just a little bit. Uh, let's see. Uh, Skull was drinking a Hubbard's Cave Brewing Iced Mocha uh, Coffee and Pastry Stout. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Uh, Novella Mr. Hub is having a Toppling Goliath Sun Reaper. Ooh, nice. I, like, I do like Toppling Goliath. Yes. Uh, Mr. Cortez drinking a Monkey Shoulder and Guinness. Nothing fancy. Uh, How is that not fancy? I, I like a good Monkey Shoulder. Yeah. Uh, Lagunita's Little Something. Uh, from Steve Gunnick. Very nice. Uh, TK, uh, TK Oz, uh, Voodoo Ranger 1985 IPA. Right up your alley. Yeah, I really like... Did you ever get to try that one yet? I, I haven't tried that one yet. I've, okay, I've yeah. seen it a couple of times, but I've never picked one up. And I Yeah, even, even Steve tried it. And, and now it does state there is... Uh, I think it's mango flavoring in it. So mm-hmm. uh, it is probably got some like, you know, juice or something in it to give it much more of a juicy characteristic. Right. characteristic it's not just the hops but honestly i don't care it actually tastes i think really right. refreshing i think it's probably one of the best voodoo rangers that came out even steve agreed with that he's like oh this is he hates he hates new belgium but he's like this is pretty good yeah see i'll, I'll drink a new belgium but it's certainly not not my favorite beer it's not even a go-to or no. you know any I, I see it on tap you know with like the the four or five other standards that you see i'm seriously questioning you know if i need a beer right then yeah <laughs> now i i'll probably buy like a voodoo or a new belgian like variety pack if it's on sound they're like oh there's one specialty beer that comes in with this and i'm like okay yep. i'll buy the pack because it is this but yeah, yeah for the for the and i usually buy a single uh voodoo ranger every time it comes out but it's just a 12 ounce can Right. So. Um, yeah, and, and I'll try whatever they come out with. But like I said, it, I've seen the 1985. I just haven't picked it up yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was having, uh, had one yesterday. Uh, Pelican has a Hazy Juicy. I don't know if you've had, had that one at all. Um, I, don't, I don't remember which one that one is. It, it's a it's a bright blue can. You really can't miss it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think they just call it their Juicy IPA, but oh. it's, a, it's a Hazy Juicy. I think I um, saw it and I never got it. It's actually pretty solid. I mean, for for just like a standard Pelican. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, no, actually. I've been really enjoying that one. Pelican, for their price, make pretty decent. Uh, I think I bought, it was like a a six-pack of their Beak Breaker, which is their Imperial, and it ended up being like only six bucks for a six-pack. So it was a buck a beer. And I was like, you can't beat uh, 8.6% IPA for a buck a beer. Right. And why is my restream broken? My unified chat isn't picking up anything. Dang it. Oh, well. So I'm going to have to open Discord in another window. Okay, there we go. I'm back on track. There you go. Um... Uh, let's see. Uh, someone was making a, a Long Island iced tea. And then I also saw an Enjoy Buy on there. Uh, yep. John drinking an Enjoy Buy, uh, 704. So you're a couple weeks late, but still probably a good beer. Uh, Christopher made a Long Island iced tea. Uh, Sakura's drinking motor oil. Nice. Sounds like him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we're all caught up now. All yeah, right. I think so. Uh, let's move right along to a little uh, ransomware talk. Yeah. Now you, Jeff, you have any? You have smartwatches, right? Or smart um, mobile GPS devices? 
I've had a couple couple different smartwatches. Um, I kind of stopped wearing it since I don't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't need to see my email all the time anymore, which is amazing. You don't need to see those notifications at all. I don't like um, I, I was a massive, massive Pebble user uh, for quite a while. Uh, I, I, I had uh, a Pebble Steel that I wore for two, two and a half years almost until they got bought out by was it Garmin or was it uh, the other? I thought it was Garmin. Might have been Garmin that bought Pebble. I, I can't remember. Hence why um, I made this segue. <laughs> right. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I had a Pebble. Um, uh, Pebble Steel loved that watch, um, but uh, my wife actually does have a Garmin smartwatch, hmm. and uh, she she mentioned to me like a couple hours after I read the story that uh, hey, do you know of anything going on with Garmin? I went, well, yeah, and and she goes, oh, my watch isn't working. And I'm like, oh, right, you do have a Garmin watch, don't you? Uh, <laughs> her her analog and her digital time were off on her watch. Oh, so weird. it was it was syncing with her smartphone. But her time had scrambled. And so her analog was like 15 minutes ahead and her digital was 10 minutes behind or something like that. Um, where they were just completely different times, not even like related to one another anymore. And apparently that relies on something to sync with Garmin. Uh, <laughs> so that was know. one of the services that died. Um, but anyway, uh, Garmin apparently suffered a pretty significant outage that is still kind of ongoing. They're still not 100% back up. Uh, but uh, they weren't all that forthcoming immediately with what caused it. Uh, so early Monday morning, Garmin services just went offline. Yeah. Just stopped working. No authentication, no syncing services, no, no application syncs running. You couldn't access your account. You couldn't buy anything. You couldn't pay for anything. Uh, it was all just dead. Uh, and Garmin posted the following. We are uh, currently experiencing an outage that affects Garmin.com and Garmin Connect. This outage also affects our call centers, and we are currently unable to receive any calls, emails, or online chats. Oh. <laughs> uh, we are working to resolve this issue as quickly as possible and apologize for the inconvenience, end quote. Uh, However, it leaked out within a couple hours of that notification that uh, Garmin had been ransomwared. Uh, and the number of services was staggering. It was basically all of it. Everything. Yep. And I mean everything. Uh, so here's the uh, the connect.com system status. Garmin Connect, Garmin Dive, uh, VivoFit Junior, LiveTrack, Connect IQ, Garmin Golf, Activity Details and Uploads, Courses, Dashboard, Garmin Coach, Reports, Strava, Wellness, all of it. Everything. Gone. Online store, help desk, call center, gone. Yeah, well, there was uh, even some crazy ones of like uh, GPS airplane, air, airplane directions. And right. it's like, oh, gee, <laughs> you can be screwed. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not a good one to go down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so apparently Garmin got ransomware. <laughs> uh, and they still haven't really given a post-mortem on it because they're still in some remediation and, and recovery steps. Um, so Garmin finally did publish a statement. Uh, and they said uh, on, was this yesterday that it was posted? Uh 
Uh, I guess it was Sunday. It, it went was, down, and then Monday at twelve thirty Eastern. Yeah, so two, two, so yeah, so two it was, days. It was about uh, it was about a day and a half. It took him to acknowledge it. Yeah. Uh, so Garmin Limited today announced that it was the victim of a cyber attack that encrypted some of our systems on July twenty third, twenty twenty. Uh, so it was actually four days later <laughs> that they that they announced. I thought this was Sunday, but no, apparently it was last. What is that? Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a result, many of our online services were interrupted, including website functions, customer support, customer-facing applications, and company communications. We immediately began to assess the nature of the attack and started remediation. We have no indication that any customer data, including payment information from Garmin Pay, was accessed, lost, or stolen. Additionally, the functionality of Garmin products was not affected other than the ability to access online services, which to me kind of affects Garmin this, product yeah. availability and functionality <laughs> if I can't log in to access said functions. So it, it, I, I love the double PR speaker. Yeah, if my watch doesn't tell time, it's not working. Well, it's still ticking technically. So yeah, the watch is still on, so you can still access the local functionality, right? But if it's off by 15 minutes because it can't sync to you, yeah, <laughs> then it's been affected, right? Um, so yeah, I love the double PR speak contradicting itself within the same sentence. Like they didn't even bother, you know, putting a page break in there. <laughs> uh, anyway, as of today, they still weren't 100% up. There, there are still several functions that are not back up and running yet. Um, I know my wife, uh, her watch did finally sync, I think late last night or early this morning. Cause when she woke up this morning, it was back on. Um, but uh, I know she has like medication reminders on hers. She has um, a couple different things that she, she does use. She uses the fitness tracker. She uses the, uh, the reminder and, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, yeah, it all started working this morning again. So who knows? Yeah. And apparently, so it was confirmed that it was the wasted locker uh, ransomware that mm. was to blame for this outage. So apparently it's some, I think it's, they said it was a, a new, yeah, it's a new kind of ransomware. Okay. But I, awesome. I guess, I guess it's researched by Malwarebytes back in yep. May. Ooh. Uh, and the ransom was demanding as much as $10 million. Oh, I love this one though. It is, it, it was done, uh, operated by a hacker group known as Evil Corp. Dun, uh -huh. dun, dun. It wasn't invoice.zip. <laughs> no that, that's that, how my company does it because that's what i'm betting i'm <laughs> betting because that's how this crap spreads oh it yeah does, it, 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 it doesn't there's no one that hacks in and then ransoms your files it's a secretary opened an invoice yeah that's how all of this spreads and so oh, yeah. someone opened an attachment that they shouldn't have opened yeah. uh some some admin <laughs> probably sat there and was like oh an invoice oh okay here we go we get lots of invoices right you know or he was on vacation so the replacement guy clicked it and said okay that's fine yep. and it probably it probably had to have been the time that like their it department head was like i'm gonna go on a vacation today you know everything's working great and then you know he's packing his bag on his way back and just red flags everywhere yep, yep. <laughs> that's how it always happens for me i'm anyways. on break yeah <laughs> oh wait i'm not even wearing my watch anymore <laughs> uh so yeah, don't open attachments. You don't know who they're from. And make sure your employees know not to do that as well. 
Yes. Just because it's a zip file, don't have them sit there and, and say, oh, how do I open this file? I've never seen this type of attachment before. I'm going to click link. I'm going to yep. click it and download. 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 Um, if it doesn't install after the fourth time, maybe I'll think about calling IT. If you happen to be a systems administrator um, and network security is on your is on your mind, is, is in your job description, um, test your employees. Go, go through a service and fish them and send attachments that let you know who opened said attachment, who deleted it, who reported it, who marked it as spam, who did this, who did that. Um, lots of invaluable information can be learned by, by literally phishing your own company. Um, there are some open source tools that allow you to do it yourself. Um, but uh, I did that a couple of different instances. Uh, we did uh, one company wide and we did a couple just to the executive team. So people who have, you know, um, greater than normal pr uh, privileges to, to internal systems. And I'm really ashamed to say that at times the failure rate was higher than 15 or 20%. Oh. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, how, how do you get to design your own? Including repeat offenders. <laughs> do, do you uh, do you get to design your own email and the message of uh, what, yes, what it says? Yes, actually. Oh. Yep. Yes. And and we made this blatantly obvious. <laughs> it was Nigerian it was, Prince invoice. It was the name of the CEO from definitely not the CEO at notyourdomain.net or some crap like oh that. Oh my gosh. Um, like like you. You, if you click on details, it is blatantly obvious. We, we were like, red flags, arrows, you know, neon signs, everything that can point to, don't click on this. It literally said, do not open this attachment. And, it, yeah. and that was the name of the attachment. Right, right. <laughs> hey, so we delivered the, this invoice, blah, 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 blah. And uh, um, I got one email asking me for the information that, asking me for the information that the email asked to deliver. That was one of them. Um, I got a couple of reports uh, right away um, fr from people you know, asking, hey, is this real? Hey, or, hey, this just landed in my box. You guys need to know about this. Like, like, and they got that's, gold stars. That, yeah, I was like, like, that's perfect. Right, because that's the remediation steps we need to be taking. Um, but then we also had the failures. <laughs> Straight up failures. I mean, uh, I don't, you know, I, mean I, I would even call, you know, marking that as spam and not even calling me. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, that's a passing grade too. Yep. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't we, need we, to go we've to... Sent, we've sent out the please confirm your email address from admin at yourmail.net and crap like that. <laughs> um, and uh, and all of a sudden I have login credentials, which the executive then needs to change because they gave me their admin or their, their login credentials. So fish your employees. You, you gain a lot of valuable information. And uh, people are embarrassed when it happens. People don't like it when it happens. People think you're the bad guy, but hey... If I was the bad guy, your company would already be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you know, they can think you're the bad guy, but your boss is going to think that you're a savior. I'm the jerk for making them look like an idiot. Yes. But would <laughs> you rather I look make you look like an idiot or the bad guy make you look like an idiot? Because one of those two things is going to happen. <laughs> so, did we lose John? Oh, we lost John at the worst <laughs> possible time. Because you want to know why. Can you still hear me? Yeah, your videos. Oh, your battery died? No, it's too hot. Oh no. <laughs> Do you have a webcam on your laptop? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. That's how hot it is in my. Yep. Uh... <laughs> okay. That's great. Let's see. There we go. There you go. 
Hey, we're back on. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's not pretty. Yeah, fix the white balance there, John. Oof. Oh, you think I could do that on my little <laughs> web camera? No. <laughs> Hang on. I might be able to. Just turn some light off. Gosh, it is so hot. <laughs> That's a little better. It's a little better. Yeah. We'll work with it. We'll roll with it. Am I, yeah. am I, uh, do I have, you, uh, you're in frame. You're, I'm you're in good. frame, but, yeah. uh, am I not back up on YouTube? Do I need to re No, you're back? good. No, okay. you're back up. Yeah. I, I got you okay. back up. Yeah. No, I, I full screened myself for a second. Then, uh, saw you were, you clicked right back on as soon as okay. I did that. So, right. Yeah. You're good. You're good. All right. Well, that was fun. Well, whatever. Yeah. I told you it's hot in here. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, some CES talk. Or I get to go this year. John Yay! gets to go this year. John will be part of the coverage, everyone. It was John's year to go anyway. Yes. Um, so, John, we get to do it from the comfort of your garage. <laughs> hey, it'll be it'll be a January, so uh, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be in a sweater. Sweater in Vegas. Yeah. We'll crack a couple of these guys open. There we go. Now um, we can really drink while we, while we go through these. Booths. Right, right. Uh, the B-roll is going to be subpar this year, just to yeah. let everyone know. Um, I have a hard time just doing talking head videos. And I, I don't mean like the live show. I mean me just sitting in front of a camera and talking for 10 minutes. I don't feel it's my style. I, I don't feel me telling you about a current event is really like, I can't get jazzed about it. I have a hard time making that video. I've never done just like a, I'm just going to tell you information for 10 minutes video. I've done, I'm going to teach you how to do something in 10 minutes video. I've done quite a few of those. Um, but I've never done a, hey, here's everything you need to know about the, you know, RDNA three graphics cards. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I feel those are so overdone and, and everyone does them. What am I going to add to the conversation other than reading the bullet points that are that whatever company gave me? That's all I'm going to do and maybe give like, uh, I think this is a good product or boy, this is going to struggle or boy, that's priced you higher. Hey, this is a really great deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know. I tell you, wait for, for benchmarks and it's really hard for me to give an opinion without seeing benchmarks and telling you how it stacks up. I know. Well, I, my thought was, you know, what about like interviews with reps and everything? How is that going to stack up? Because right. is it going to be scheduled again? Is, can it be spontaneous? You can't go to a booth now and do, hey, can I grab five minutes from you? Just really right. quick. You can't right. do that anymore. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be weird. Um, I don't know what coverage I'll do of CES this year, if I'll do anything, um, because I don't really... I did some news videos last year. I did, I think, five videos from CES, and I tried to do them a little bit more experiential. I tried to do them a little bit more of going through the day of CES, um, and I like that style because at least it tells a story. Yeah. At, at least there's something in my video that you won't see from other people's videos. And, well, and I like all, that yeah. type of video. And it's getting, it, you're showing off your experience and the experience of a YouTuber too, kind of a thing. Like you said, it's a story. Right. Ask uh, the journey is like, Hey, and I'm going here with, you know, the co-host, the buddy, and it right. kind of, you know, it, it's not just, Hey, we're at this booth. See you guys next time. Right. You know, 
hey, we're at this booth. We're going to read the exact same bullet points that every other YouTuber has read you today. Yeah. <laughs> because we were all here at the same time or the news broke at the same time. And, the you know, um, and and I like I like walking the show floor. I'm, I'm, you know, people say they hate the show floor. I love walking the show floor because I always find something weird or unique or different or abstract or whatever else. So I've done it for the last three years and I really enjoy the booth visits, but I enjoy that on like a personal level. It doesn't make for terrific content um, unless I can find something that not everyone else is covering. In that case, it's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be happy to do it because I can give you something that not everyone else is doing. If AMD releases a new CPU, every single Ever? YouTube channel is going to have the same details on the same CPU. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, like how do how I want to join that chorus? <clears throat> and how and fast I, are those videos going to be released all at the same time? Um, and then my other thought too was, yeah, like you're saying, there's those little booths that you might find something interesting. Now, are all of these small booths going to be streaming something or are there going to be a less booth and just be big announcement stuff? You know, right. um, what's the quality? And then a, a lot of times too, these smaller booths, which is funny because of the whole thing, you know, there's like live TV shopping networks and everything like that. And their hosts are live streaming from their house. Now, these are people that have contracts with large, uh, you know, um, production companies and their camera quality stinks. We were even talking about um, like uh, late night hosts. They're filming from like their cell phone for the first couple of episodes. It was hilarious that for literally two months solid, I had better broadcast quality than any primetime television show. Yeah. And News if, broadcast, late night show, and, whatever. And, yeah, and if you're not used to it, I understand <laughs> all of those guys are going to be, you know, they have a, a, a toe in the tech industry, so they should have at least someone that can help them out. But you never know if it's going to be a good stream quality. You never know if it can handle the amount of traffic that they might be getting. Right. So, uh, yeah, this will be a very interesting thing. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how well this will be uh, uh, will go. Right. Um, but uh, it was, you know, speaking of the of the late night hosts, uh, probably the one that made me laugh the most was uh, was was Seth Meyers. Um, uh, pretty sure it was Seth Meyers. Um, he was doing a late night thing and he was literally doing it from like his kitchen with an iPhone and he didn't know how to hold the dang thing. <laughs> and and so for like three straight weeks, he was just holding the iPhone and reading the news and doing his bits. And, uh, but the camera was like, like this kind of crap. <laughs> like it's just up his nose. And uh, it was hilarious because I'm, I'm looking at it going, I'm not big budget. I'm not a multi-million dollar show. Like I'm literally one guy in my basement. That's literally who I am. And they couldn't get him a camera. They, yeah. They couldn't. They couldn't get him an A fifty one hundred. I mean, that's what this is being shot on is an A fifty one hundred Sony. Oh, cost I, me three hundred fifty bucks. I I know. I know. This this you know multi. Couldn't get him a road shotgun mic and an A fifty one hundred and a tripod. I know. Show uh, show done. You know what, one, what? one one tripod light. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. On, I know. Really, it's 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 so ridiculous because like they how much is the budget per episode on those companies? Mm -hmm. And literally, it's like okay. For one day, let's just turn the power off. Whatever that amount we save, buy him a camera. Right. That's it. Here you go. Here. Right. And at the same time, you don't think he couldn't afford a camera? Right. Then after <laughs> after the first day or second day, being like, hey guys, 
did you see that video? It was horrible quality. How do I get better? It's almost, you know, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And it was that, yeah, it was the audio too. Audio was horrible. Oh, audio was horrible. Everyone sounded like they were inside a can. Yeah. But anyway, CES this year, yeah. it's going to be different. Um, that week, I guarantee I will still be meeting with reps. I will still probably be doing what I'm doing with John right now and zooming in with them because this is all we're going to have. Or they'll just hold press conferences where they'll show videos and then have a Q&A over a Zoom chat or something like that, which I that'd be preferable to me because then the rep doesn't have to sit through you know, 90 of these meetings in five days. Yeah. Um, I don't have to schedule a 15 minute block. And if I go late with someone, I'm going to be late to theirs. You know, I would rather just Corsair handle a, a, a briefing and, you know, we learn all the Corsair news. Everyone asks their questions all at the same time. If someone else asks your question, hey, that's one less time you have to say it. Yep. <laughs> so... And then, you know, if you have follow-up questions, you can meet with your rep later, you know, if, if you really need to. But uh, that's how I'd prefer things to be ran, like, from our industry. But I'm not in charge, so we'll see. But yeah, CES, uh, no in-person this year. Uh, Maybe we can do it, like, uh, uh, if, if everything calms down where we're at, we can do it together in one room. Mm-hmm. I'll just come yes. over there. Absolutely. And like I was saying, it would be nice if they did it like a VR experience and we could just stream us walking <laughs> virtual to tour. virtual yeah. tour and be like, oh, look, it's just like it, but it's all digital. <laughs> and we can make our own avatars. <laughs> yeah, but I've already been in VR twice there. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Pimax showed me on their big screen two years in a row. Yeah, well, no, I was like, we'll have a, a VR. Too bad they didn't have like a, a digital VR floor you could just like explore and go to their booth and like, you know. The no, that, old, that's the what old... we need is the the telepresence robots. Yeah. So oh, yeah, they'll the, literally the... set up the booths at CES and, and everyone's just, just like those, around. Those, those Cisco telepresence yeah. bots. That's what we need. <laughs> um, like bumping to some, ah, I'm on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ID Prom says, you got to remember that traditionally actors don't spend a huge amount of time learning how to do the photography part of their trade. And that's totally true. But at the same time, a TV host or a, you know, you know, news broadcaster, late night host, that kind of thing. I, I don't say you need to know angles and rule of thirds and lighting techniques and yeah. everything like that. It doesn't take much to not shoot on an iPhone, though. No, um, and, now, and my... Now my camera, I have a manual focus lens on it. It's an f 2.8, you know, with a speed booster. And I've gone through all the, the steps to get like the best quality possible out of this. But a Sony A5100 and a 16 to 50 lens is a phenomenal bang for the buck at 350 bucks with HDMI out and a capture card or just record to the SD card and, and external audio. And then yeah. you can have someone else sync it together and post. But what I'm saying is shoot on something better than your iPhone. Well, yeah, the, and, in, and even in like the, ho- the single incandescent bulb you have sitting yeah. above your head. Well, even if the host, like you know, yeah, it's not up to the host, but every one of those shows has a production manager. There's, uh, you know, some guy who's in charge of camera and and the lighting. And if they didn't see the first two episodes and still did nothing about it, that's really what what's coming down to. It's like, oh, we need to get them X equipment. Here's the simplest stuff that they. It's click and point. And it's going to be way better than what they need. It's a $500 budget. 
and he can just hold it. And let's have send someone over there, set it up as on his house, and he just hit power or you know record. That's it. You know they could have done that after day two or three, and they chose not to. Right. Um, well, I don't know if they chose not to. It, you know, yeah, just it made for some entertaining TV, but it was like, wow, how dumb are these companies? You know. Right. Hey, so we need you to record an hour-long comedy special. Just send us the raw footage. And then it was Seth Meyers, like, with the camera sticking up his nose from his iPhone front camera. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we needed something better than than VGA. Like, can you <laughs> yeah. get us at least 720p? I know, it was almost, yeah. <laughs> can you turn on the light in your one-bedroom apartment? That That's all we want. <laughs> That was, it was shot off of an iPad 1. <laughs> Sorry, people are chatting at me. Oh, um, okay. And speaking of uh, things being canceled, uh, if you work for Google, you got notification yesterday that Google is... You're not going to work, and you're not going to work until at least June 2021. Well, you're going um, to work. You're just not going to the office. Right. So this is for all or the vast majority yeah. of Google and Alphabet Inc.'s 200,000-plus worldwide employees. Um, Good time and to for be a, a company employee. that pretty much has all the data, that makes me kind of worried. <laughs> that they've already decided that, yeah, we're going to be like this for another 12 months. Well, at the same time, too, you know, if one thing happened, one thing, that's all it took within that 200,000 employees, mm -hmm. they would get horrible press. Oh, totally. And, and for them, so so that that is more of just, you know what? We can easily afford this. And yeah, go ahead. And we're going to look like the good guys. So I, I, you know, it, for them, I think it's still a win-win no matter what, because then it, it encourages other large companies to do stuff like this as well. Um, all, though my only thought is that does stuff like this in the grand scheme of things, are companies going to start realizing that half of their, you know, building is no longer needed and they can actually scale down and just have all their employees remote from home now? How much can they save? And just you know, rental costs, plumbing, electrical, everything it takes to maintain such a large vast as for Google, a campus, literally a campus. They don't need that anymore for for a whole year and a half. And now they're paying to maintain that. But no one's gonna be there. So will they downscale eventually? Right. Yeah. Um I don't see well. I was going to say I don't see downscale, but at the same time, if you don't have facilities to maintain, that's a downscale. Yeah. There, there goes your I'm maintenance not, crews, there goes custodial, there goes... Uh, yeah, but I'm just downscaling in your, I guess, your, your building square footage. Mm -hmm. Not not employees, because it's obviously if, if productivity can maintain itself and your employees are at home, you're not having to pay for that extra water bill that that you know, extra building is having to use or the electrical or anything like that, you know, that's money being saved. You could sublease that building now. Right. Yeah, it, I was gonna say, I, I don't think it means downscale, but 
as soon as you said it, my brain went, wait, yeah, downscale, because that's exactly what this would lead to. Yeah. Um, uh, we find all the time, um, I'm sure in your career, somewhere along the way, John, you automated someone out of a career. I've, I've already done that. <laughs> I, I have. Yeah. I felt bad about it too, after the fact. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, you hear these stories all the time about literally one person's job was to like take like four Excel spreadsheets and turn them into one and analyze the data and, and whatnot. And yeah. you out, like this one number. They, for, they had to manually it, do the calculations. And, and it took them 40 hours a week to do it. And they were happy to do it. And they were good at it. And then a programmer spent 10 hours going, oh, here's a application that literally takes those four databases, combines them into one, spits out that one number. Yep, and here's a button. It does it in, in and here's a, a button. Here's a button. You're done four seconds later. Yeah, and and that person is out the door. I've done that in my career. I think everyone in IT has had that experience at least once. Yeah, and and it sucks. It, it's not a feeling I enjoy. Um, no. I, I that's the one thing I don't get a sense of accomplishment for. At, at, on one on one point, it is my job to make my employer more efficient. On another hand. I just cost someone their job because I made my employer more efficient. Uh, so it that's a hard one. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, but again, I think if they're gonna maintain, yeah, I, I guess for this though, then it would be that possibly the downscaling, if, if it is, that um, would be more of the, the maintenance crews on this. Mm -hmm. I, I could see though, uh, like I said, I, I think eventually companies like this could come back together. I don't know if they if Google did something like that though, they could be getting also bad press for that. I don't mm -hmm. know. Uh, I'm I was just speaking that hypothetically this could happen because of this, right? You know. Yeah. What happens if we never go back? Yeah. There, there's a lot of talk right now that the longer companies go, not having to be on site, the more realistic it is that on-site will never happen again. Yeah, um, that, I, that was kind of my my idea behind that. Right. Uh, th there's been that talk in a number of different industries. And, and I don't think anyone is unique in that outside of like the service industry, outside of like food service and, and things like that, you know, restaurants, yeah. bars, etc. There are so many services that you can either automate or work remotely now because of the technology we have. It's, it's a whole new dichotomy. It's a whole new way of doing things and it's a whole new way of thinking about things that honestly is probably about 20 years behind where we should be. Yeah. Um, but um, we knew these were extenuating and unprecedented circumstances, but there is a real piece of this that things will never go back to the way they used to be. And working remotely might all of a sudden be the norm for almost you know every what? single office worker ever. Yeah, and you know what? If that does happen, I honestly think that actually for a lot of, okay, for this one aspect, for this one aspect, the family aspect, I think that actually could be a lot better because then you have possibly a, like the parents, all someone's always at home with your kids. so there's always that development, I think. Um, I think that's a good possibility. Also, it provides people a way of finding jobs that are further out there, that mm -hmm. they don't have to move for their job, or they can go If only we a... had reliable rural broadband. 
<laughs> Come on, Elon Musk. <laughs> um, I, I know you're you're crossing all your fingers. I, am, I don't. I don't. I, I, you know. You know what I'm working with. I know where there. you. Live. <laughs> God, it's horrible out there. Um, yep. uh, I, I try to post a pic on Discord, and it's like I'm sitting there waiting, waiting. Come on. You got it framed on. right, just barely off kilter. Yeah, you got, oh, yeah. I got, I got, you got the fire skills. just right. I got, yeah, I got all. You've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is only two megabytes. Why is it taking so long? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're already done with your beer. I'm, I've been done with mine for like 10 minutes. I'm, no, I'm still there. I know. I'm done. I've been done. I was done 10 minutes ago. You can open another one. Well, my camera crashed and everything, so... Do you want to open another one? I'll pause the show so you can uh, open another beer, John. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I am I'm gonna go get another cold, refreshing beer. All I right. Might... I'll go and I'll go and intro the next story while you're uh, gone. All right, you do that. All right. Uh so L is real 2401. Uh this has been the big gaming headline, Nintendo headline, that has dominated the last weekend and into early of this week. Um and this comes courtesy of some leaked source code uh, that was, we'll just outright say it, that was stolen from Nintendo. Um, likely this is all a leak that, ha- or all from a single attack that happened, I believe, as early as 2017. Um, and that one person is sitting on this trove of data and they're slowly, you know, feeding bits of it out. Uh, but, uh, Early on, there was some Pokemon, Pokemon Red Blue, uh, Yellow Edition as well, I believe was in there. It was some source code leaked for that. Um, over the weekend, we landed on uh, some SNES leaks. Uh, we got full source code to uh, a lot of first party SNES games. We got full source code to uh, Legend of Zelda, um, uh, Link to the Past. We got full source code to Star Fox. Uh, the until very recently unreleased Star Fox 2. Uh, we got it for Super Mario World. We got, um, you know, the uh, Yoshi's Island. We got a couple unreleased first party games. One of them was like this donkey kid or something like that. That looked like a Yoshi Island-isk style art uh, game. Um, but, uh, and I was like, yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's cool to see some of these beta elements or elements that didn't make the final game. But the big news came uh, when the N64 uh, sources started dropping on Sunday. Now, again, these were illegally obtained. I cannot stress that enough. Um, but uh, there's both a confirmation and an outright uh, busting of of a uh, of a very long pervasive uh, rumor within N64, and that is that Yoshi is in. Or Yoshi. We know Yoshi's in the game. Luigi is in the game. El Israel 2401 as it's written on the stone outside in the back courtyard of Peach's Castle. Uh, John, what are you drinking there? I uh, decided to get, since you were going with a big beer, I thought I'd man up a bit. Is that an anchorage? It is a great notion. A great notion? Ooh. Great notion. Juice squared. Juice squared. It is their 10% uh, triple version of their juice IPA, their juicy IPA. Nice. So very orange juice-esque. Yes. Smells fantastic. Looks really good. Um anyway. Oh, it's nice and cold too. 
<laughs> Give it two minutes. Oh, I know. I opened the garage door if you didn't hear. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, El is real, inscribed on the stone tablet in the center of the courtyard in Castle Peach. Um, El is real 2401. Uh, we always felt it was like an homage to Luigi. And it was later confirmed that that is the text that is on that stone tablet. However, Luigi was never found in the game. Um, that is until this leak. So the reason I say it's both a confirmation and a busting of this very, very long pervasive myth of you can play as Luigi inside the game, or you can unlock Luigi in the game, or Luigi was originally meant to be a part of the game. Um, which we do know to be true because uh, uh, Nintendo has confirmed that Luigi was in some of the early development for the Nintendo 64. They were planning on making this a multiplayer game. Uh, at one point, it was kind of like a side-scrolling with 3D elements a la the new Super Mario Bros. Wii. Uh, it, it was styled kind of like that. And then later they made it into a full 3D roaming, semi-open world that we know it as today. And they were trying to make that two-player, but they couldn't figure out the multiplayer camera system, a, a way to make that functional within the game. Yeah. And so that was scrapped. Um, but what we found out this week is that in the beta files for Super Mario 64, there is a Luigi model and uncompressed audio for Luigi in-game. Um, so he had full recorded audio. He had... Uh, a, a very unique and distinct model different from the Mario model. Uh, in games past, sometimes they've taken the Mario model and put literally just changed the color green, palette yeah. on it to put green on it. And hey, now you're playing as Luigi. No, I'm not. Ooh, nice. Sorry, my wife's doing some tie-dye projects and uh, just showed me the results of it. Tie-dye yeah. craft computing? Uh, not not tie-dye craft computing. Yeah, wrong color. That's purple and pink and whatnot. It's for, for my daughters. Uh, which, by the way, the background is kind of a pink color today because uh, both my daughters got their hair dyed pink today. <laughs> you can say in here. That's fine. Rambo has joined the chat. Um, anyway, yeah, they've, they've just changed the palette and made Luigi or made Mario green. And so it's been green Mario, not actually Luigi. This was a 100% from the ground up built model of Luigi. Now, it wasn't complete. They had to take the texture files and mix them with the render files and and whatnot, but eventually they got a Luigi model. Um, however, the reason I say this is a busting of the myth that Luigi existed within Super Mario 64 is while the source was there, while some of the early animation coding was there, while the model was there, while the uncompressed audio was there, None of that was present in the make file. Yeah. And so none of that of those source files were ever used in the compilation of Mario 64. And so the the fact remains that Mar that Luigi does not exist within the game Mario 64. Um and so I've I've seen a lot of contradicting things to this going L is real, it, you know, Luigi's in the game. Luigi existed in beta files but never in the make. Um so I, I've I've seen some uh, PC ports already that have injected the, Lu the Luigi model into the game, and they've started you know messing with the sound clips and trying to get the sound clips into the game as well, which is cool. Uh, you know I, I like things like that, but Luigi does not exist in the retail Mario sixty four. Yeah, there, there's no unlockable. Go to this corner, jump through this because there's a crack in the frame rate, and it's going to unlock Luigi. Right. 
And for all the exploits that we know about inside Mario 64, you'd think someone would have found it by now. Yeah. <laughs> no. But uh, no, we, we have it confirmed because uh, uh, Mario 64 is the uh, also the only thing out of the N64 leak that we have the full source for, that we have a compilable source code. Um, the rest of the files, uh, there is the, the source code or part of the source code for Star Fox 64, for Ocarina of Time, for Majora's Mask, for... Um, the list goes on and on. Um, you know, let's... Yeah, there was a couple This other... is the early list. So this is the SNES list that's right here. Uh, and then if I go to this next page, um, you know, here's some of the beta elements from uh, from some SNES games. So we have an old, an old Yoshi. That was kind of one of my favorite ones. That and some of the early renders of Yoshi in Super Mario World are frightening. <laughs> Well, yeah, like they would have terrified kids. You might well, as well have just drawn blood on the fangs coming out of that thing. There, there was, there was one of like actually Luigi for uh, Super Mario World. Uh, like it kind of looked like he was flipping you off. Right. <laughs> there was a weird frame rate of of old Yoshi where he looked weird, and then they had uh, yeah, one I got of, that one up on screen right now where he's breathing fire. Yeah, but but <laughs> yeah. then you see like Mario literally smack him in the face. Well, okay. that's 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 how he opens his mouth in 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 SNES. Is Mario like... punches him in the back of the head, yeah. and Yoshi's head goes forward and his tongue shoots out. That's how that animation works. Well, th yeah, this this one looked a little bit like a bit more violent. <laughs> no, no, go back and play the original game and hit Y. Whack! He hits him in the back of the head, man. <laughs> well, this this one this one shows like. Um... Uh, 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 pressure like has those white lines around it, so it looks like it hit, hits a little harder. Yeah, the animation. So. Well, Yoshi stands a little taller in this one too. Yeah. So you know, um, yeah, basically <laughs> it looks like Mario just like beats this dinosaur. Right. Well, that's pretty <laughs> much weird, what he's this... doing the whole time. I'm I'm really surprised Peta. In fact, probably somewhere along the way, Peta has gotten involved with uh, with SNES, you know, Super Mario World, and said it's it's animal abuse because he's hitting him in the back of the head. But also, you know. You can jump off him and drop Yoshi off a cliff so you can save yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Crap like that. Yeah, there is a possible uh, July 94 first rendition of a 3D link. Uh, mm -hmm. It is just this green uh, triangular character with a blue shield and what appears to be a, a sword. Uh, the color was applied afterwards. Oh, was um, it? So this was applied by the person who found it. Um, and in fact, there's a higher res one um as well with with some more details but this is a 3d effects render of link so they were considering at one point playing around with a 3d environment that you could run around with on the snes using the 3d fx chip in a zelda game Gee. i can see why it didn't go very far yeah and i'm glad it didn't go very far because it probably would have killed the series um as much as you know zelda 2 tried to do that um Speaking of Zelda 2, they they even had uh, like a Zelda 2 uh, with, I think they said blood in it. Z Z Zelda 2 port to the SNES, which was part of the original 1989 presentation of the SNES. This was a, a demo of a 16-bit Zelda 2 game. And so it's side-scrolling. So they upped all the animations and redid everything pretty much inside of, Z of Zelda 2, uh, you know, the adventure of Link. Um, and uh, there's some animations and and palettes in here that show. Um, there's yeah, it's blood, blood or rust on swords. Yeah, uh, if so. you can see down here, uh, down in the bottom of the screen right here, there's like blood or rust on the sword. 
Yeah. Um, there's some uh, some Hylian shields that we haven't seen before. There's a whole bunch of different palettes of, of Link running, including one with like a sword behind his back, which I will say later came back, I want to say in some of the Game Boy games, um, that style of running. Um, but the leaks are, are far and they're extensive. But again, um, the, the N64 links uh, or uh, sources in particular are kind of blown out of proportion because they're not full source links. They're not full source dumps. You can't recompile these. Uh, Dr. Mario 64 was another one. Um, I'm trying to think of, of some of the rest, but uh, basically a lot of the first party uh, Nintendo 64 games, but they all had one thing in common and that's that they were all released on the IQ system that was only released in China because at the time China had a ban on home consoles and to skirt that ban, Nintendo partnered with a company called IQ and a uh, their parent company called Broadon, which was a chip manufacturer. Um, and Broadon also went on to make chips for uh, some of the GameCube and, and N64, I believe they had a hand in, um, and some other components within uh, some of those consoles. They helped Nintendo, Nintendo with some of the silicon there. But the IQ, to skirt the console limit in, uh, in China, was a game controller you plug directly into your TV. And so it had games that you could put in on, on a cartridge and you could store like 10 games on a memory cartridge. And so it was kind of a cool system, you know, 25 years ago. Uh, but all of this source code came from that company, came from a leak from Broadon, not from a leak from Nintendo. Um, so that that's the source code there. So it, it's interesting to see some of the beta files. It's interesting to see some of the really high resolution renders, the uh, the Mario 64 box art and manual art. Yeah. Uh, the the full uncompressed renders of the items inside Legend, uh, Zelda Link's, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Th those are those look still nice. Looking. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, and you know looking at them in the manual when they're you know this big really doesn't do them justice to the amount of artistry that went into creating those items. Um, so it is cool. It is a cool part of history. Um, however, they were still obtained illegally. And so like I, it's this morbid fascination with, I have to look at them, but I still feel a little bit dirty because I feel like I'm encouraging this kind of behavior and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Yet there's a link for it in the description of the but, video. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there's a link to other news article or other news publications who have published information on this. Yeah, and I this is, read along with a, yeah. everyone else. <laughs> this is not the source. This is just other people reporting on that news. I did not go download the source, although I really thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I morbid curiosity. I kind of wanted to see it, but well, at the we, same we time, talked I... plenty about leaks of, of Nintendo. Someone just lit off a firework again. I heard it's it. July. What? It's July. It's July. It's almost August. <laughs> Someone lit one off, I think, yesterday or the day before. And my dog is terrified of fireworks. Um, to the point where she will not go outside if a firework has gone off any time during the day. Yeah. No. And... Right. So I... But uh, no, I was saying that uh, we we've talked about uh, N64 leaks and source code leaks. I think uh, on this show a while yeah. ago too, uh, that a lot of them got leaked. So this isn't the first time something like this has happened. Mm -hmm. um, this was just an interesting thing because it had a bunch of extra stuff 
like you said, of more of the leakage of the, oh, there goes another one, of uh, the Luigi um, things. I, I, don't, I don't mind July 5th, and I right. don't mind July 3rd. Right. Anything past that. That's me. That's me. Pisses me off. Couple of days before you're lighting off fountains and whatnot, letting the yep. kids do do the fun yep. pops and 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 you know you're yep. doing snakes and spinners, cool. Cool. If you're lighting off mortars four weeks later, <laughs> yeah, that and that's what's going on, and it's like, come on, man. Right. And you you were here around here uh, the day of. That was a it was a war, war zone. zone. <laughs> Good lord, I was in Johnstown that night. Um, and in fact, I was yep. on literally the same street. Yep. That was three. Yep. I was on the same street that Steve lives on at, at some family's house. And, uh, apparently there was also some guns going off. Yeah. Because... Yeah. A bullet hit my sister's car. Right. <laughs> Had a bullet hole right in the hood of like a yeah. brand new Civic. It's like, uh, yeah, the... it was a brand new, um, a Subaru. A Subaru. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, a, a bullet hole. It's like, oh my gosh. Yep. And I, ha I had my family, my daughters, like literally four houses away. Yeah, I know. No. There we go. Yep. Someone, someone needs to call someone. Good times. Good times. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of good times and good announcements, yes. some AMD news. Yes. Uh, as, as bad news for intel just came about and they're going to be so far behind amd amd just announced that you know what we're gonna make it just that much more difficult for you by confirming five nanomino right. right. um so amd said slash didn't say slash pretty much confirmed um that yep. uh <laughs> uh that Zen 4 will be on 5 nanometer, and it will also include the launch of RDNA 3.0 by the end of 2021. So that is within 15 calendar months. Yeah. Pretty much. That I mean, I would expect By Q4, we will have a release of Zen 4 and RDNA 3, both of which will be on 5 nanometer. So here we are, Intel finally like admitting defeat on their architecture and on their internal fabs, which again, I cannot overstate the newsworthiness and shockingness of that. The number one, they finally realized it. And number two, they publicly announced it. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's it's shocking and it, I guess it shows a good direction for the company because they, they realize that they're not gonna achieve this internally. And they're saying, we need help. Let's get the show on the road. Yeah. I fully support that. Um, but at the same time, it's still amazing for a company to go out and do that. But here we are in AMD's camp going, our fabs have been so good. We're literally selling every part we have at the same clock speed. And we're selling, we're having to sell eight core parts as six core parts to meet demand for the six core parts because we have too many eight core parts. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like that's that's a, a real problem with AMD right now is their profit margins are too good. Their yields are too good. And we heard that very early on about seven nanometer and it's only gotten better. Oh yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I've, I've been watching even, uh, I, I, I shoot myself every day 
when we started talking about AMD and early talking heads, I was like, you know, I should probably go buy some stock. And I went and looked at AMD stock at four the bucks, four five dollars. Yeah, it's at like fifty two or sixty dollars now. I, I think it broke fifty a little while ago. Yeah, and, and I, I felt the same way, but I also felt that at the time because I was wanting to get into this industry, it is. Um, conflict of interest to own stock in an industry you may one day hold you know hold stake over well uh, that's, or, that's or how have, you have yield. that's why and, you do it give it to me you right john go do it but <laughs> i seriously thought when we talked about amd stock hitting an all-time low like four dollars and 18 cents or yeah. some something absurd like that i i wanted to go spend a thousand dollars on it oh I yeah really, yeah i like, was just, like just go I'll drop a thousand dollars see I'll what happens drop, yeah it was like two two it was like two thousand dollars and I should have, and then I think they spiked like a week ago. I know, I think they came back down, but I was like, wow, they they spiked, like I said, I think like 50 or, or 60 bucks. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, They're, and Intel is is going down. Um, yeah, it was the other day, they spiked 16%. 7609. Oh my God. <laughs> I just that, looked it up that's, today. <laughs> that's, what, what's Intel that? They're up $8 today. Whatever. They're up eight dollars and they're up twelve point four percent today. Yeah, that, I'm, you know, but the thing is, I'm still thinking about buying AMD stock, especially when I saw this article. It's like, oh, I should buy it now. Right. I, I, I mean, uh, I'll still make money. Yep. So I, I'm, I'm, I really. This is kind of off, off topic, but I've always wanted to get into some, some stocks. I just never, never have. Right. Yeah, no, I, I feel the exact same way um, where, uh, in fact, I will be getting into investing of some kind very, very soon um, as now I'm self-employed. So. Yeah, yeah, well, you, you kind of, I mean, you just you just want that money to work for you. Right, exactly. And and I've, I've got a decent amount of money and I want it to start working for me. That was one of the, one of the leading factors as well as, as of me leaving my job is, um, you know, I want to go full-time in this, but this can't be my only egg. You know, this can't be the only basket that's holding all my eggs. Yeah. Um, and so I will be doing other things with my money. And I do do other things with my money. But right now, this is probably 80% of my eggs. And I still don't yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, so I, I uh, the you know, but with this announcement, though, I mean, okay, with five nanometer coming out end of next year, mm-hmm. to, to me, that means that I am, as awesome as their processors are now and at a really great price, I kind of don't want to buy one now. I want to wait till next year. Cause then there's gonna always get... going to be something better there. Oh, there is, but now unless I'm you're not... Intel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I buy gap. the 6,700 K now or should I wait until the 7,700 K now or it comes out? I'd wait till the 7,700 K because I hear they're going to do something like extraordinary with it. Seven percent later, yeah. Seven <laughs> percent and a price hike later. <laughs> but my, I'm just curious. So if I waited three months after this, so if I waited till say March of 2021, uh, would would the seven nanometer go be a lot cheaper? Would it be worth that price drop? That it might be going. It probably is only going to be about a thirty to twenty percent price drop though. You know, honestly, because again, yields are so good for AMD and we've seen the used prices um, and and even brand new prices for brand new parts plummet. 
And we've also seen the release of first-generation parts with second-generation architecture selling for rock-bottom prices. Yeah. I mean, I mean, um, I for one was shocked when the 3600 came out at 199, uh, as good as it is, because at 199, it beats an 8700K overclocked, and that processor was 379 a year and a half earlier. Yeah. Um, what shocked and, me and, even and, more and, is, but, you, yeah, well, is that is at the bottom of the barrel, you could get a Ryzen 5 3600 for about 160 bucks if, yeah. if you if you bought it on a good deal. Um, now it, it's leveled off about 180, but it's still a really good that's, price yeah, that, for that that's process. What like 199, 180 is now, a great price. Now let's now let's carry that one one level further. Okay, so the Ryzen 5 2600, which is the previous generation, second or you know Zen Plus architecture. Six core, twelve threads, so same basic same you know, high, thread layout. Yeah, um, is one hundred and thirty bucks. Let's carry that one further, shall we? AMD released the sixteen hundred AF Ryzen five sixteen hundred AF, which is also six core, twelve thread, based on the same architecture that the Ryzen five twenty six hundred is based on, which is the twelve nanometer Zen Plus architecture. Um, eighty five bucks, eighty five dollars. You can buy a brand new six core processor, twelve threads. Throw that thing on the cheapest AM4 motherboard you can, and that is one hell of a system. Yeah. You're, you're Imagine when Zen 2 hits that down. price point. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that's that's going to be Jeff's new budget build video. Right. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that a Ryzen 3 3200G can compete with a 7700K overclocked at 100 bucks should blow your mind. Oh yeah, it, it's insane. <laughs> that's, again, that's why I'm like, uh, why didn't I buy AMD stock? Because right. people, after Zen 2 came out, people realized this isn't a fluke. That's, it, it really was Zen 2. Yeah, we saw the, the first generation and it, mm -hmm. it increased. It did increase because like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. It's, but it's stable. Then Zen 2 came out and we're better performance and still cheaper and people bought it. And then it, it was just this. Every, right. everything was just like that we're talking stock and performance and so but yeah right. that's that's what i'm thinking with with this of do i wait that long of time and get a zen 2 for do i wait till next year to upgrade my computer and or, get a 2600 af that's built on 7 nanometer but they couldn't quite call it a 3600 for like 99 dollars. exactly that's a genuine possibility yeah and that is so exciting from the budget standpoint to get a chip that on seven nanometer goes 4.2 gigahertz over, you know, under under boost clocks. Yeah. Well, then that means also too that that yeah, that means gaming PCs uh, coming out Home next year server are, PCs are going to be so cheap. I mean, consoles are going to look a, like like cat like, like I'm buying a Ferrari that or not even a Ferrari, but like I can't even it, it, what what good Italian sports car sucks. <laughs> A Maserati. Well, that's that's yeah. But you know, basically, I'm, I'm overpaying for underperformance, and yeah. that's what consoles are going to look like at that time. Come 2021, you know, the the new Xbox and the new PlayStation, I'm going to yeah. be paying 5.99 for when I can pay 3.99 for a PC that way outperforms that I get way better graphics. Um, right. And it's going to last me a lot longer than that uh, console will. Right. Yeah, Moore's Law is broken. No, Moore's Law is broken for Intel. 
So, Moore's laws would still be working if Intel had good fabs. Yeah, no. So this is this is very exciting. News, Moore's right? laws didn't break for for Nvidia, did they? Didn't break for AMD, did it? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Skull says uh, I'm buying a uh, I'm buying a BMW. So, so a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why um, I own Volvos. <laughs> Right, I'm just curious. That's why all my cars are Japanese. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still enjoying this beer. Hey! Hey, you're back! <laughs> Yay! Uh, I opened the garage and I was like, oh, it's, it's getting pretty cool in here. I'm going to nice. test my camera. There you go. People were, were saying I was uh, crunchy on yeah. uh, on the discord and we're all what is crunchy is it edible is it, is it yeah. yummy what is what is crunchy and so but because you probably didn't read that on you're not part of jeff's discord and you should probably be part of jeff's discord because it's actually a freaking awesome discord it's got so many chat rooms and i'm not kidding you and every single one of them is extremely active it's probably the most active and I sound like a used car salesman right now, because if you don't join Jeff's Discord, I'm going to club this baby seal. So you better join Jeff's Discord. <laughs> and oh, I don't I've even... seen him do it. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm going to club this baby seal. <laughs> but no, in all honesty, actually, it is a really cool Discord. It um, there, There's literally everything from food, beer. Uh, there is a, a meme war. There is uh, music. There is sports. There is gaming. There is movies general chat there's a special chat room just for talking heads um there is uh, hardware there is car related stuff and every single one networking of those... and build help yeah. show off your build oh we even started a uh what we're calling it um uh, an academy it's where we're teaching stuff where we have yes. other people teaching skills um and we have a soldering workshop held by yeah. one of my guys who just like started it. It's like, yeah, cool, so, go. Hey, cool. So you can get access to all of this. And every one of these channels are extremely active. I know you've probably been to those certain Discord channels where like, you know, they're free and no one talks to them. Or you go into those other big YouTube tech channels that like Bud Light Orange. And there's like maybe two people active and they're always the same two people. You know, they're always talking about spoons and, and Jack Daniels and whatnot. But whatever. Um, and it's just, it's not fun. It's not fun. So they, you know what they do? They jump over on Craft Computing Channel because it's fun. It's interactive. We talk to people. And if you tag any one of the Talking Heads hosts or Craft Computing himself, we do respond almost instantaneously or as fast as we can. As long and as I'm awake. As, yeah, you got yeah, it. yeah. Um, but, and for the low, low, low price of $1, or more, you are more than welcome to do a bit more. It does help Jeff continue to put up the content that he does put con put out. So yeah, there's my spiel. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, but no, if you're looking for an active Discord, if you're looking for people to actually chat with, there's chat 24 hours a day. Yeah, It takes me legit a full 45 minutes to get caught up just reading comments when I wake up in the morning and I only sleep like six hours a night, so. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, um, we we have people from East Coast, West Coast, uh, you know, Norway, everywhere <laughs> um, talking. Jack, under this. Jack Daniels in the chat says, "Oi, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to add him like that, man." <laughs> <laughs> eh. I, I I wanted to see if he was paying attention. 
Yep. Hey, so. actually, your spiel got one. <laughs> Literally, yeah, 927. Oh, 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 by the way, if you do, you have to sub to Hops and Brews channel. That is a requirement. <laughs> actually, I really want to see my Discord numbers surpass Hops and Brews subscriber count. That's what I want to see. Can you guys help me do that? Thank <laughs> you if you do that. <laughs> From me to you, can you help me do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not you. By, you. By, by the way, by the way, Jeff's channel sucks. I mean, honestly, everything he does is a lie. Uh, it, it's all just, it just he, he rips off other YouTubers. I mean, he's sitting there trying to build a media server and he just ripped off Jason from Bite My Bits. And it wasn't even as good a quality. Jason has like a 300 terabyte. Jeff's sitting there, I got 88 terabytes. But it, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, what you I'll say- a good server build, go to, go to Bite My Bits. What I'll say is my media server turns on right now. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of NVIDIA. <laughs> There's a segue. About as smooth Linus as segues. Uh, <laughs> speaking of NVIDIA, um, so there's there's some talk that the uh, NVIDIA GA100 chip could be as much as 43% faster than Turing not counting the RTX cores. So we're talking just straight rasterization. And that's a claim that a lot of people don't really ever throw out generation to generation. Remember when Lisa Su stood on stage for AMD for Zen 2 and said we achieved a 15% IPC improvement year over year or generation over generation from Zen Plus to Zen 2? Um, that was a remarkable number because 15% doesn't happen. 43? 43? <laughs> um, yeah. It's a big know. number. Now, I will say, every single year, during Apple's press conference, for whatever they're releasing, it's 50% faster than the previous generation at X task. And X task is one we specifically built instructions in this chipset <laughs> to run 50% faster. Um... It's something that Intel couldn't even lie about anymore, starting with like ninth gen. It's like we couldn't say we were like, we're 17% faster. And no, not even our media encoding got faster. Crap. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but you'll see Apple trot this out all the time. You know, 50% faster in, you know, photo processing for advanced background removal. Well, your previous chip didn't do advanced backward removal, and you literally built an instruction set in this chipset to do advanced backward re removal for portrait mode. So I would hope it's 50% faster. And I remember when NVIDIA trotted out and said, we are 70% faster at ray tracing than the previous generation chips that didn't have ray tracing chips in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So take these numbers with all the salt. But NVIDIA is claiming in some inner circles that Ampere will be up to 43% faster at rasterization than Turing. That's a big number. Yeah. Oh, well, it's even, a number it, I think they could hit. Really? Because when I was reading this, I was like, there's no way. There's, there, there's, there's a gimmick. They're doing no. something. It's for one here's, thing. Here's why. Here's why I even put this in. Because this, this reads like uh, a CES bullet point like an Apple News demo. Yeah. It really does. Here's why I think it's possible. Okay. Take my grains of salt too. 
Okay, but here's why I think it's possible. It's because if you remember back a couple weeks ago when we had the RTX 3080 leak, where it's supposedly going to separate the RTX cores from the CUDA cores and put it on different silicon. Yes, I remember that. Okay. Right now, all of those chips and all of those all of those cores are on the same die. And Turing is a pretty fat die already. Okay? You need to bin all of those cores. All of your tensor cores, all of your RTX cores, all of your CUDA cores, all of your NVENC cores, all of your whatever cores, whatever processing units are within it. They need to perform to X standard or have X number of good components in them to meet 3080 Ti and then 3080 and then 3070 and you cut your bins down from there. Okay? What happens if your RTX bins suck on a 2080? Then you get an RTX 2060 KO, which is built on the same GT104 die that the 2080 is, but you cut it down to the number of CUDA cores as a 2060, but it still comes with the same number of regular of, of RTX cores as a 2080 does. But you had to sell it as a lower part because you couldn't bin it as a 2080. Yeah. And vice versa. So this happens. And, and we've heard rumors that the bins have not been very good for NVIDIA with the RTX series of cards, with the 2000 series of cards. Um, and we don't know if it's the RTX bins. We don't know if it's the CUDA bins. We don't know if it's both. But the bins have not been very good, which is why the prices went up, which is why their profit margin kind of had to go up with it, is they needed to sell these cards at a certain profit point, And that profit point happened to be the same price tier as the previous generation. So the 70 series performs the same as the 70 series before, or performs the same as the 80 series before. We're just going to call it by a different name and sell you it as something else and hope you like ray tracing. Yeah. And hope the market <laughs> adopts ray tracing. Uh, which they really haven't. Nope. But what happens if all of a sudden you can bend your RTX cores on a much smaller die and you can bend your tensor cores on that same die and you know you're good at producing tensor uh, because you've done it for CUDA or you've done it for your Quadro and your, your Tesla chips for a decade. Yeah. You know you're good at that. Okay. And then you have your CUDA cores, which you also know you're good at. What happens if they're on their own die? And now you can take the best CUDA die and the best RTX die and put them on the same board, but opposite one another. And now you have an RTX 3080 Ti or an RTX Titan, you know, Titan, Titan Ampere or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, now you're getting the best of the best and you're having the amount of silicon you have to throw at it. Now imagine the die is bigger. Now imagine I can cram 5,000 CUDA cores a la you know, the, the Volta architecture, you know, the, the, the Titan Volta, the, the, the V one hundreds, uh, Tesla's imagine I can cram 5,000 CUDA cores into an Ampere core. Whereas before on Turing, the most I could fit was about 4,200 because I had to cut it down for RTX. Do you see a 40% improvement somewhere along yeah, the way? I mean, but Do you that's, see putting 40% more cores or 30% more cores with 10% yeah, better efficiency? Possibly, but like you said, with, with um, oh gosh, the other the other graphics card. Uh, with RDNA? Uh, with the RDNA. Yeah. Now, they said that just came out. And so this is, should be the next model after that. Right. So um, Well, that's... Ampere is coming out this year. I, I, had, I had clocked late September or early September for an announcement and October for a release. And I still stand by that. I mean, um, 
<laughs> possibly. Possibly. Like, I would have expected 25% improvement. 43. Yeah. Again, too, I, they, they, they were not very um, upfront of what the test was and what is 43% faster. They never are. And, they never, and like like so, I said, so salt, lots yeah, of salt. And lots of salt. So what you're stating, and if, say, 75% of what you're stating is true, and then they took X of, I'm going to take this particular style or whatever this image is and render it this particular way or however, then yes, okay, it could, technically, and then they could claim it. In but the what if awesome it's only 25%? That's and I say still, only. Hey, if, that's if a it's, big leap still. It, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. If it was 25%, and if it's 25% globally, that's fantastic. Right. That's right. an amazing So jump. this report is saying up to 43% faster. Yeah. What and if that it's might be only the, 25? Well, yeah. If it's even 25 globally, and what if it's cheaper? One. What if it's cheaper because you have better binning and better better yields on all of your fabs because your dyes are that much smaller now and you don't have to bin your RTX cores with your yeah. CUDA cores with your tensor cores? What if they're separate dyes now? Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm saying this story has some validity. Some validity. Okay. Yeah. So possibly, and I I would I would rather be proven wrong or my skepticism be proven wrong on this. And I said, please yes. take this with Lots a very of healthy dose I mean, this, of skepticism. This is a, a, John, your skepticism is more than welcome around this day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that huge, huge amount of skepticism, but I would love it. I would love to see this because but it again, could be accurate. Could, could be, yeah, it could be accurate. Again, cheaper, and we can all, and we can better. all hope that the GPU wars finally start to heat up and not heat up in the bad way yeah well uh someone was it, was it sony or intel intel was going into the gpus right yes yes so that, yes. that in fact in about two weeks uh what is that august uh what 20 days what is 20 days from now august 13th 13th it was, there it was you go two week two weeks essentially from today because it was like friday yeah, that 13th this was posted. there you go so august 13th Intel will be spilling the beans on on Intel Z. Z. X X Z. E Z Z Z Z Z. I think they want us to call it XE. I'm going to call it Z. Eggs? And I'm going to make them call it Z. Eggs. 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 Z. Right. Z. <laughs> yeah. XE Z whatever, I don't care. Whatever. Intel will be spilling the beans on their architecture top to bottom. August 13th. Yep. Performance numbers, benchmarks, possible like early samples. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, it could be early samples. Now there was stating that this could just be more of a, here's a performance, but we're not really gonna show you the actual hardware, but right. it, here, here's here's what it can do and here's the benchmarks for it. But we're not- Here's where gonna, we're at. Here's where we're at. and. and that could be it, um, or it could be the full product because they did tweet it out. The Intel graphics uh, Twitter account tweeted out, but then they deleted it. Yes. Um, kind of making it seem like, hey, we jumped the gun. Maybe we need to rephrase this a bit. Or it could be 
pure PR. Yes. Well, if we know anything about Intel, it's that no department talks to any other department. Yeah. So, yeah. Could have been their PR department leaked something early. It could have been they weren't supposed to say anything. It could have been they said something and... Well, screw it, you graphics yeah. department or what? I mean, I mean the twenty day thing delivery. That's that's quick. I mean that's soon. It's not like you know that that's within the realm of hey, we need to send out the the press briefings and the invitations for the live streams and everything like that. So that's yeah. all within the realm of yeah the, the the scope of everything. If Intel comes out and they say. 2060 Super 5600 XT level performance. First generation. Yeah. 250. I think people will buy. Yeah. No, I think so. You don't have to be a world beater. You just have to be in the same game. You have to be in the the same same stadium. Yeah. And and yeah, stadium and price point is really where you need to be. If everyone's playing basketball, you can't show up in ice skates. You you have to be in the same stadium playing the same game. Yeah. And, and and you'll you get might people... be you might be the intramural game, but if, as long as you're in the same stadium, yeah. If you're coming into the NBA and you're, you're going to be globe, relevant, and, and if you're the globe chatters, I'm still going to watch. Right, <laughs> right. You know, um, so but yeah, this if this is an announcement of hey, here's what we got, here's what it looks like, here's the price point, blah blah blah, almost a uh, an official announcement release type thing. Um, People might jump on board, be excited for it, because there's always going to be those early adopters. Um, this also might kind of save Intel in the sense of if it is good, if it is maybe performs a little bit better or the price point's different, whatever, it might save a little bit of thing of Intel. I don't know. But um, this will be interesting to see Intel's take on graphics. So, you know, how well it performs versus long-standing other graphic companies you know other all the other gpus that are out there you you drop something no <laughs> i was scratching my leg and reading a comment all at the same time oh, okay <laughs> no i was working out in the yard the other day and i've got this spot that i i took a chunk out of my leg about this big and oh, didn't yeah. realize it for like 20 minutes and so it bled all over my sock and my shoe oh yeah now and the scab peeled off today so it's like itchy as hell oh yeah 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 so yeah it's in that state i uh i was i was starting a chainsaw the other uh this weekend and i I guess i had old gas because i just could not get that thing to start and i did the dumb thing of like not not stepping on it so holding it down and and so i'll just i'll just like pulling it and yeah. just whacked myself right in the side of that. I was like, I am so glad that that pool did not start yeah. that engine right there. But now I have a, a something about this big black and blue on, on the yeah. side of my leg. Yeah. My dad uh, was out working. My dad had a cabin in Eastern Oregon, and he was working on Thanksgiving Day uh, quite a few years ago, cutting trees down on the property, and uh, had the chainsaw going and dropped it down and was leaving the, left the trigger press just a little bit too long on that thing. <laughs> Came into his leg and took a gouge out of his leg. <laughs> uh, by the way, like at least 90 minutes from the closest hospital. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, we we got a super chat, but I don't believe we can read it. 
I'm not going to read that one. In fact, I already responded to that one. That's kind of what I was doing when you said, what are you doing? Oh, okay. Cause he, he went and he went and chatted, uh, responded to me. Uh, he's like, Hey, you need to read this because it's a super chat. And I'm like, Nope, Nope. I don't have to read crap. Thank you, you for the donation spoon. Yeah. I, I see your sentence and respectfully decline. <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, King Todd, we did. I mail Beth. Uh, I am sofa. There you go. That's what it reads. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and while you were going off. Hey, hey, guess what? All oh, right. we can open another one together. We can open. Well, I gotta go get my. All right. Do you need to get one? And or, I got one here. Okay, you. I even have a glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. came okay. prepared. So, and you know what? Mine's still cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever. So, uh, I don't I'll, know. I'll go. I'll go. Okay, okay you go ahead. Go. You, you okay. go. Do, do yours. I'll grab one. Uh, Kansas City Brewing, uh, Kansas City Craft Beers, Ales and Lagers, Kansas City Pale Ale. It's a nice, light ale. I'm not expecting anything big. Um, says not owned by Belgians yet, which I love there at the top. Um, so I'm not expecting too much. No offense, Kansas City. You find folks over in Missouri. I'm assuming this is on the Missouri side of things. Um, but uh, I'm not expecting too much from a standard pale ale. Wow, it's really dark. What is it? I didn't hear. Kansas City Pale Ale. That's... Pretty dark for a pale. That's it's exactly what I said. <laughs> I went Kansas City pale. Wow, that's really dark. <laughs> I got uh, the Closer Talkers Conundrum Red Ale by uh, Three Magnets Brewing. Oh, Three Magnets. Yes, I've had that one. Oh, have you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, it is an American red, so I expect it to be a bit hoppier. Yeah. Very malty, but also very hoppy is kind of how we do it up here. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, it smells good. Yeah. Yeah, malty, um, got a little bit of a, a nutty note to it and some hops. Yeah, all around enjoyable. Um, so John, you weren't part of this, but when I was opening this one, I said, uh, Kansas City Pale Ale. I'm not expecting too much. No offense to the fine folks out at Kansas City. I'm assuming on the Missouri side. <laughs> because if it's on the Kansas side, I do mean offense. Um, <laughs> But uh, I said I wasn't expecting too much. Yep. <laughs> you ever have sour crabgrass? Uh, no. <laughs> you ever whacking dandelions with a weed whacker and one of them oh, flies oh. in your mouth? Oh, uh, th th that I know that, yes, okay. There you go. That That's tastes... the hop profile. <laughs> 
Oh, oh yeah. So you get the grassy uh, dirt. I call that grassy dirt. Yeah. It's beyond dirt. Yeah. It's I, it's I, that I, that oily weed. Yeah. I don't like that. It's all it, it's too strong, too <laughs> harsh. Yeah. Uh so, some people think like, "Oh yeah, it's such a good hop flavor." I'm like, no. 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 no there are good that's, hop that's, flavors. That's not... And there are really bad hop no, flavors. No. That that is I think they uh they probably brewed that and were like, Ugh. Uh, we, we still we'll call it a it. pale ale so yeah. we can sell it to all the hipsters. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ooh. Wow, Jeff is getting a 3.24 on untapped. It's not high praise. It's higher than I would have guessed, though. <laughs> I'm surprised it broke three. Mm. Well, you got those. Well, you got to say, you know, whatever, what kind of beer is in Kansas City? So that's the thing. Those are yep. your people that are rating it. Yep. That's very true. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, we, a long time ago, we had great expectations for Google Glass. Yes. Uh, you, you got to try it, didn't you? I did. I I did not. Uh, I I signed up to be a developer. An explorer. Yeah, an explorer and developer yeah. for it. I was not picked or chosen. Um, and you got to have it from a, a friend, right? You got to hang mm -hmm. it or try it for like a day or so. Yeah, got to uh, try it for a full day. Yeah. Had all my emails popping up in my peripheral vision. I could clear them out by swiping. Uh, uh, had uh, drove somewhere. Had direct. A driving directions now, on a now, 3D now, map now, that now, rotated. See, that, that was the one that that really intrigued me. Right. What was the was the the map type thing? Um, a lot of a lot of businesses didn't like Google Glass. Right. And and just to be clear, Becky, I said no offense to you, fine folks on the Missouri side. That's yeah. What I said. He did say that. Um. So, how do you think Apple Glass will fare? If any company was going to blow my mind with a new technological product, Apple's probably one of the first three I would think of. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. And and Apple usually does kind of piggyback on, hey, someone else <laughs> already did this, but they had these flaws. We've perfected it now. Yes, and not only not only from the technological standpoint, but the usability and intuition yeah. and yeah. intuit intuitiveness. Intuitiveness, thank you. Yeah. The word was escaping me. The intuitiveness a, of a actually using the product. Got to you. I'm actually <laughs> feeling pretty good. Right? I just like, uh, I'm in that good mood. <laughs> I'm I'm right at that just a little loose state, right? Yeah. Um but the technical prowess of Apple and to their credit or to their discredit, the intuitiveness to the soccer mom level of usability. Yeah. Um, it needs to be an everyday, easy user, right. single button push, basically. If they were gonna build an AR product, they would build it right. Um, and this is kind of beyond a rumor. This is kind of like, it's almost set in stone. Yep. September 8th, Apple will have their annual iPhone event, which is always right around that first, second, third week of September. Um, 
It will include the inter the introduction of an Apple Silicon PC, likely the 13-inch MacBook. Uh, will will be an ARM-based, 100% in-house built PC, uh, and Google Glass. Yep. Um, with with the iPhone 12 too. <laughs> with the iPhone 12, like I said, their and their annual iPhone event, but it's also going to include these two brand new home brand new. products. And yeah, I, I could care less about the uh, the 13 silicon Mac. I, when it said Apple Glass, I was like, I'm curious about doing? the Mac. I'm very very curious about the Mac. Well, okay, it's no longer. It's is, now is this the five nanometer one? Um. No, but it's it's their ARM based in house developed. Their A twelve X A twelve X or possibly next gen CPU, A thirteen, so, whatever. Um so is, sharing is, the same silicon as their as their iPad Pro. So it is ARM based. Yes, ARM based. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I, then then I am interested. I I thought it was something that was the ARM based and, CPU. And myself as the only Apple product that I still have and even come close to using is my 12-inch MacBook, um, which I bought to be fanless and have a 10-hour battery life and serve all of my general purpose needs. It doesn't video edit. It doesn't do anything else worth a darn. But gosh darn it, if I don't walk up to it, open the lid, and just start using it. Um, and it is that's really, your, that, really freaking good at that. That's your daily browser. if you. That's have my to. daily. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm at the dining room table. I'm eating breakfast. That's what I'm checking my email on. That's what I'm doing my web browsing on. That's what I'm doing a lot of my my Twitter and Discord on is that laptop. Um, because it's just really darn good at those tasks. Um, like you think, well, you could use a Chromebook to do that. Yeah, I could. Chromebook doesn't last for 10 hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours of battery life. It certainly doesn't have a standby time of 30 days. It doesn't wake up instantly. It doesn't have all the functions of a PC natively. Whereas this is still a full terminal. And, and I actually have boot camp running on the damn thing. I could yeah. boot up Windows 10 on it if I wanted to. And it works. And it works quite well. Um, but that's my daily laptop driver. That's that's what I take with me. That's, that's what I used professionally for three years almost. Um, was the original 12-inch MacBook. Um, fanless and just does the job and super lightweight um so i'm very curious what apple's going to come out with with their own silicon and a 13 inch macbook yeah okay I'll, genuinely I'll give you, yeah I'll, I'll give you that that is that is very interesting i uh, i would be intrigued to see the uh cpu performance and battery life and power consumption mm -hmm. and all of that thickness i would you know imagine it to be ultra light if it is an arm based you know i would if not you know, 25% lighter than, right. than what you have. Um, and, and that's again, why I'm a big proponent of that 12 inch MacBook Yeah, is the thing weighs less than an iPad and is so much more capable because it has a full keyboard. It's got a full size trackpad. It's got a, a very, very nice usable screen. Um, it's very bright or it can get very dim. It has the same standby, but it's a PC. It runs everything i can multitask i can do everything i want and there's no finicky interfaces or no like well i have to save to apple cloud and then download to, to you know browser it's i want to open photoshop or i want to open this or i want to open chrome and use a chrome browser for god's sakes yeah. <laughs> how often do ipad users take that for granted <laughs> um <clears throat> so 
yeah, that is my daily driver. So I'm very, very curious. And there's people, a lot of people like me. That was the whole purpose of the MacBook Air was to be that kind of a laptop. And they epitomized that in the MacBook and never called it the Air and never upgraded the Air to be that. And so I'm kind of excited for this product. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. And now we're getting $1.99 donation from Big Big Spoon, Game Over, and Unicorn. Yep, $1.49. I'm Uh, I'm getting stickers. Yep. Hey, whatever. That's I I asked him uh, how much he's already had today. Um, But no, I am very, very curious. With that, with your statement, yep, that made me think, okay, this is now very interesting. Uh, I would like to see that. And But now I'm my big take was the glass because yes. Google Glass was, what, 10, 10 years ago, uh, seven years ago? Seven, eight, I want to say 2012. That's that's kind of what I was, 10, I 10, say 2012. 10 to 15, it was, it was in that range. Right. Um, and so I would love to see what they're coming out. From my understanding, it's going to be more, uh, they're saying it could be an accessory to attach to glasses, but then they made a comment. 2013, that, February 2013. Okay, we we're, right yeah, so we're right in that middle. Uh, they're stating that it can come with prescription glasses. It's not mm-hmm. going to be a separate attachment or it could be attachment to your regular glasses. It's still, we don't know a whole lot about Google Glass. And this, I think, could be the the, the bigger announcement and if they do do it right, this might help and save a lot of Apple people going over to Android um, and, and being like, oh, Apple is starting to becoming that more innovative product type mm-hmm. uh, uh, company like it used to be. Because I do feel Apple, the last couple of phones since since 7 to now have been, oh, this is, this is dumb. You, I just get a better camera. I'm just getting a better and, camera. And and there is some of that. Um, a lot of it was... I mean, even look at the iPhone 12. I have now three huge cameras and the four, three huge cameras and a huge sensor at yeah. the back of it. Oh my gosh, who needs that? You, you know, the Apple, the the iPhone X, the the huge part of the announcement was, was Memoji. Yeah, oh yeah. And no. they had planted clappers in the audience. Yeah, I know. That couldn't have been more obvious. Like yeah. we're here to announce a groundbreaking product in in personal communication and personalization inside your chat. And we call it Memoji. Woo! Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. They haven't told you they what it is yet. Didn't see what it is. It's like what is it? Oh, it's an emoji. That you can move with your face. With with the 3D motion camera, we can, yeah, congratulations. You turned yeah. the webcam app, the the turn you into a mouse or a fox or whatever that was 10 yeah, years ago. Yeah, you can now be a tiger. Right. But that was really when Apple got disillusioned to me and really when they started drinking their own Kool-Aid. Yeah. More than they already had been. Um, oh, oh yeah they were like whatever we, we release we're the best and right. yeah right um so apple for for a significant amount of time now hasn't been innovating now i don't say that from the normal like android fan kind of kind of speak because remember when i started this channel i had an iphone 6s plus and a mac Pro and I kind of started with that. This is not 
new me, old me, I'm a PC guy. I, or I'm a, I'm a computer guy. I'm a tools guy. Yeah. I mean, what tool does the job today? I'm not a free NAS guy. I'm a good NAS storage guy. I'm not a Proxmox guy. I'm a good hypervisor guy. If someone comes out with a better hypervisor that's free and open source, I'll freaking use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always been my thing. I'm not an NVIDIA guy or an AMD or an Intel guy. I'm a what works better today guy. Um, so at the moment, Apple doesn't work better and they haven't been innovating. So I say that from a guy who really watches the industry and, and from my own use cases, they haven't been doing that. But for, for probably about five or six years, they kind of sat in the, well, let's just take what we did and make it better or more appealing. They, they almost did the Intel thing. 8% better, 8% better, 8% better. That's exactly what they did. It's exactly what they did. But at the same time, they weren't innovating because what do you innovate? Yeah. You You're... can't innovate every year. You can't come out with a new paradigm change every single year. Yeah. And I, I mean... say that from someone who very, very much understands that. Um, when the when the iPhone original came out, when the OG iPhone came out, the best competitor was the BlackBerry and the Palm Trio. Yeah. No, that And it... those were the two slides that were up on the screen next to the iPhone. And if you're talking generational shift in what we think of touchscreen and smartphone technology. That was it. Oh yeah. I, that oh, was my. absolutely it. And then they refined it and it got 3G and it got a camera that could record video, and, but crappy video with the iPhone 3G and a couple other things. And it's like, okay, it's a better phone. It's plastic, but it's also cheaper. It's not $800 anymore. It's now $400. I'll accept that. It's now not two gig. It's, it's eight gig. I'll accept that, you know, kind of thing. Um, then the 3GS came out and we kind of went, okay, it's got good good enough video quality now where I don't mind taking a video on my phone, where I could actually use something. Yeah. Um, the iPhone 4 was the next like mind-blowing innovation. Thin smartphone that was built like a freaking tank. Um, you know, the, the stainless steel sides and, and, and everything else. And a camera unlike anything we'd ever seen in a smartphone before. Um, oh, yeah. Even with the 3GS being as good as it was, the smart the iPhone 4 was a, a different paradigm entirely. Um, the the iPhone 4 killed the point and shoot camera industry by itself. Oh, Overnight, oh yeah, I, 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 yeah, it really the, the iPhone. I remember really good. People were like becoming photographers and artists with the iPhone 4 and 5. Yes, yes, it had not happened before, and it yeah. happened because of the iPhone 4. Yeah, and so. That was an innovation. Um, that and uh, the iPhone 4S brought in uh, slow mo photography. You could you could do 720p at 120 fps. Yeah. In in a in a consumer device that costs you 200 bucks on contract. Like, like I said, that killed the 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 point and shoot camera industry entirely and overnight. Um, and then kind of s- the 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 five and the 5S kind of like cemented those features and made them ubiquitous and then the android phones kind of started catching on to like we need to get we need to up our game we need to start competing at that level yeah and like the point to samsung is the one that really did that yeah but like there, there's a couple other companies 10 something like or no uh, seven i think samsung seven or eight we yeah really e- start- even even going back to the galaxy five the galaxy five and the five uh the five the industrial one yeah um the the rugged or military or whatever the heck they called it 
that, those were great phones as well. Yeah. Um, and so that's really when the competition there heated up and where the others started kind of, you know, I got to follow along. Yeah. Going blow for blow. Yeah. And then um, um, Blackberry just died. <laughs> right. And then kind of since then, it's been, it's a little bit faster. It's a little bit bigger. It's the yeah, same battery life. Yeah. You we're going to take your headphone jack away. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to make it literally twice as expensive. We went yeah. from six ninety nine for the flagship hundred twenty eight gig phone to two generations later being thirteen forty nine. Oh yeah, and all you're getting is you're nothing getting, changed. You're you're getting point <laughs> point three big yeah point three inches bigger screen. You're getting your headphone jack taken away. It's point two inches uh, thinner, and uh, the camera technically does a little bit better. And now the screen is fused to the LCD, and you and it's all glued together, so you can't replace any part of it. Yeah, anymore. one thing breaks, you're done. Right, and and so yeah, that that's the frustrating part. Um, yeah. And and so that's been the the way the industry has gone for literally since the iPhone six. And we're on the iPhone eleven or twelve now. iPhone twelve is the next announcement. So five six years. Yeah, there hasn't been much no, as far and, as innovation. Yeah. Goes. So during that time, they turned into Intel, and Android kind of turned into AMD. With this, right? But, with, but again, the, what would you change? What yeah, would you no, bring well, to the well, feature that, set that, that it that, didn't already do? That's the thing. You have to look kind of back of like, okay, there are these other features or devices that could have done something. Now, I will say though, their Apple Watch. Apple Watch was actually pretty innovative. Apple Watch changed the smart the smartwatch. Smartwatch. Game. It defined what the it smartwatch should be. Should have should be, but then but then other places quickly followed and outbeat them, I think. But no. Look at the watch market. No one sells as good as Apple. No one has the feature set like Apple does. No one has the integration set that Apple does, and and there's no competition there. I don't know. I I think I think modern uh, uh, Android ones, uh, Galaxy because I have a Galaxy Sam, or a Samsung one, mm -hmm. and it works fantastic. It does basically everything. The only reason I don't have it on currently is I accidentally left it at work, but it works fantastic. Um, and it looks very stylish. Uh, it does a lot of cool things. I can Here's change. the deal. Here's the deal. And I'll say this anecdotally, but it also bears a little bit of weight. You're only the second person ever to tell me that they daily drive an Android smartwatch. I, ever. I, I, in all I, of my experience. I, and, and I will In all the people I know, in the all the industry that I know. The only reason the I second. got it, I got it as a gift. Okay. And and I, that's the other point. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pay for it. But at the same time then, too, what different features does that Apple Watch give you that these Samsungs, Samsungs, and or the like? What did you have? The, the, the on paper versus usability. Because here's because here's here's the gotcha. My dad daily drives an iPhone watch, and he's on his third. Okay. Have you given him a different one? No. He's tried other watches though. He's have he, tried. Has he tried the one that you had? Yes. I bought the one that I had from him. Oh, okay. Because he said I don't need it anymore because I bought an Apple Watch and it's the bee's knees. So so what <laughs> so what does an Apple Watch do? I guess I would say it's, that's it's the ubiquitousness within the environment. It's the it hooks into everything that you could ever want your iPhone to do on your wit on your wrist without also trying to be too much. It's the I can do my Apple Pay from my from my wrist and I don't have to pull out my phone. 
It's okay. the, I can use the Siri and Siri works just as well for my wrist as it does for my phone. And I don't have to pull out my phone for that. Yeah. It's, it's the little integrations without trying to be a smartphone replacement. Okay. Because I, what's on your wrist can never be a replacement for what's in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But so as, as far as those features, I know my watch has those features. I don't use them because I don't do the Android pay or whatever, right. anything like that. I don't right. use So again, the, if you're the... bought into the ecosystem, there's nothing that compares. Yeah. There's so. absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, and, and here's a great point. Samsung comes close in features, but Apple still outsells them 40 to one. Yeah, I, I would say that. that that's probably true. But and then, Samsung's uh, number two. Yeah, no, <laughs> Samsung's number two. And But at the same time, really, when it came down to the watches, though, if, like, I couldn't, it really, really, when I saw those, I was imagining Dick Tracy all the way, and they still don't have that. I want that. the camera in it. Give me a camera. I want to do this. They, they, yeah, they still don't have this. And, and Give me a camera. Do, Come on. I, I will never be 100% sold. The only reason I have one, like I said, was because it was gifted to me. Right. That is it. It was a yeah, used you one. You wouldn't have gone out and bought one for yourself. I would not have gone out and bought one myself. No. I am the person who has bought three different Android smartwatches after my Pebble stopped working. Um, and I couldn't go out and buy another Pebble. And I, I, and there I, is an open source community and, and a hacker community that's trying to make them work. And I, I respect you guys and love you guys. But at the same time, you're not going to get the same API integration no. that Pebble has. You're and, not going to get the I, same feature set. You're not going to even come close. And so I, I don't, will, yeah. don't try. Don't try to sell me on it. If you want to hack around with it, that's fine. Yeah, and I, I will say the Samsung Galaxy watches are, uh, are the the watch I have is an expensive watch. And the only reason it was gifted to me was because, and it's kind of a funny story, is my it was gifted to me for my boss who I sold him on Android and he loved it. He got mm -hmm. a, a, a Samsung 11 and he's like, this is the best phone he's ever had. He was an Apple user all the way. He's like, I love this thing. But his wife complained that he couldn't, she couldn't send him because she was still an Apple user, a high resolution video from her Apple phone right. of their kids. Yep. And so she forced him to get rid of all of his Android stuff. And he's like, hey, I got this watch. I forgot your birthday. Here's a free birthday present. So mm -hmm. I got a used one. And but it was, you know, it's like a four hundred dollar watch. Mm -hmm. And he's or no, I think it's like a two 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 sixty nine. So sorry, two sixty nine. But still, I would have never paid that price. So um, and it's I, I really like the features on it, but other than the fact that it like counts my steps mm -hmm. 99% of the features I really don't care about other than like swiping to, to not answer my phone right I, e even on discord it tells me my discord I love it because it says hey what notifications do you want on your watch versus your phone hey I can do I can do all that even yep. on the discord it's like ah read more read more so I'm just constantly tapping my watch it doesn't save me clicks yeah you know um, I will say I can actually watch YouTube videos and it has a built-in speaker on it, mm -hmm. and so that's pretty cool. I, I really like that. I can I can play music, and it has a, a separate uh, micro SD. I can actually load the thing and play music just from my watch, mm -hmm. or or stream Pandora just from my watch with the internal speaker, which I thought yep. eh, that's kind of a cool feature. But yep. um, hey, so it's ten twelve. Yes. Do you want to bust through these? We got like two two beer newses and two. 
game entertainment news is. You want to just bust through those? Um, let's see. Let me let me look. Uh, so we've got truly is out of uh, is out of uh, hard cider or out of hard seltzer. So so this one's a, a bit different. It's a bit more complicated than that. Okay. Truly, truly is a is the Samuel Adams own um, hard Boston beer company, Hard Seltzer. They're the number two hard seltzer in the nation, and they are running out of stock. Can't they fight actually, the claw. Yeah, you can't fight the claw, but they're, well, they're number two, which is actually pretty good. They will be out of stock for the remainder of the year, so they're actually going to be extremely hard to get. They cannot fulfill orders till 2021. But on top of that, they are now um, rumored to be releasing an, an 8% coming uh, end of that year. So and end of this year, there should be an 8% hard seltzer. And quickly to follow is rumored a, and they, they stated that only Paps Strong Seltzer and Four Loco Hard Seltzer are the only ones that high. If you haven't seen those, watch my videos on those. <laughs> um, if you dare. If you dare. Uh, White Claw is also rumored to come out with a stronger version as well, coming in the end of, uh, or the beginning of 2021. So if yep. you're looking for a stronger hard seltzer with a low calorie count, uh, should be coming out closer to end of 2020 or 2021. Number two is a kind of personal thing for Jeff and ourselves is our local sports team. I was so disappointed team. by this one. Uh, yes and no, because it's a wide produce. That's what you have to do. Uh, you have to appease the masses. And uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Jeff is a huge Portland, huge you made a logger? And they made a logger. A logger? A so logger? Not huge... an IPA. Not a. I mean, I mean, Gilgamesh at least had the Terry Porter for crying Porter, out loud. Yeah. Uh, well, that had nothing to do with the Blazers, just with Terry himself. Um, but Rip, this no, has, that that's a this, Rip City thing. Terry no, Porter is a Rip City it, icon. No, 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 at no, least no. they had he, the Terry he, Porter. He is an icon, but it has nothing to do with the. the uh, there's no affiliation with the Blazers. This is affiliated with the Blazers. I know this is official, but a logger in Oregon, yes. really? So, that's what you get me. So Deschutes Ugh. Brewing is coming out with Rip City Lager. It it will be, I believe, a nationwide, well, as far as Deschutes goes, which is yeah. a pretty far. Pretty uh, much the lower 48, you can get Deschutes. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't know how this one will be, so, but maybe if you talk to your local tap room, bottle shop, whatever, you might be able to get this. Might but be on it, the list. But yeah, so um, I would expect it to, be, it doesn't say it, but I would expect it to be a bit of a hoppier lager. It does state 20 IBUs on it, which is a bit of a hoppier lager for a lager style, 20 IBUs. So 4.8, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, w I would have preferred seeing, like I said, You get my attention at 50 and higher. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, not that great. That's when I look up from my book. Um, so, uh, what is this though? But this 4 is 4.8%, 20 IPU. Uh, but this is also supposed to, um, uh, purchase of this beer will also help, um, the NBA and the, uh, kind of during this pandemic era, uh, of, of, um, helping out the other part of the team, you know, the, um, yep. janitorial, the, yes. the laundry boys, all the, those other people, this, the part of those funds is going to go to them. So, uh, because they're now, you know, less of a job. So, yep. 
Uh, that's the beer news. Uh, there is some entertainment sports news we got. Yes. I let's was... go. Let's go entertainment because this one excites me. All right. All right. Yeah. This is this is pretty interesting news. Pretty big news, actually. Kind of. Yes. Um, uh, so I, you do it. You do it. You. I'll do it. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, G4 was a uh, a TV network that was a cable TV network only that was almost exclusively video games and pop culture. Um, and it had a number of very, very popular shows. Uh, Screensavers, Attack of the Show. Uh, what was it? Cheat Happens. There was, there was a couple others on there as well that I remember watching. Um, anyway, they went off the air in... Gosh, when was it? I want to say uh, 2014? I was going to say... Tw- yeah, no, 14, 14. Okay, yeah. So they went off the air in 2014. Budgets dried up and they said, we have to close the network down. All the shows got canceled. Uh, no one found a new home. Uh, and uh, and that was pretty much it of, of like, you know, geek culture on cable television. Yeah, I mean, um, Olivia Mudden made her... Uh... Olivia Munn was a host of Attack of the Show yep. with uh, Kevin Pereira. Yeah. Uh, there was, uh, gosh, Adam Sessler and who was the other, the other girl on that one? Um, anyway. Yeah. A couple of a couple other hosts. You know, number of nef- of different people um, on that on those those shows. Anyway, um, out of absolutely nowhere, G4 TV Twitter. Attack of the Show, and what was the other one? Um, there was one more Twitter account that came back from the dead and posted trailers that said, we never stopped playing. Yeah, and there was like long references. Right. Well, there's a whole bunch of internal show references. Yeah. So if you're fans of the show, you recognize a, a lot, lot of what was on Yeah, there. there was a lot of Easter eggs. Yes. A lot of a lot of hidden jokes, a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of content that you would recognize from the show, boxed up in like the Indiana Jones Area Fifty One, you know, yep. sitting there with the Lost Ark. Um, so all of a sudden, these came back from the dead, and all the hosts. Uh, I, I think one of them said, "Wow, I'm surprised anyone remembered the Twitter password." <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the best joke that I saw, um, but. <laughs> G4 is coming back in some fashion. Some, we, uh, we don't know. We, we don't, don't know, know what yet, uh, but it's coming back. And that is beyond exciting um, because YouTube kind of took over the, the torch from G4 TV. Um, I mean, it, it was kind of, this is where you got your, your tech console, PC gaming, everything kind of news uh, was G4 TV. And this is in the, I don't want to say the infancy, but still the very early days for the very early comers like Linus Tech Tips and... Well, uh, I, I remember watching CES on New Newegg TV and, yeah. and, you know, what became Paul and Kyle, you know. And, and so it wasn't that long ago, but at the same time, it feels like a generation ago because it kind of was. You know, this is back when a time when you bought satellite to get G4 so you could watch, you know, gaming news before it was readily available all the time on YouTube with whatever subject you wanted to cover. And today we kind of take that for granted because you can get on and look at any subject you want at any time. Um, 
And I say that because we still don't know what form G4 is coming back in yet. It could be an online only thing. It could be a subscription thing. Maybe it's going to be on Floatplane. I don't know. Maybe it's on Flowplay. Maybe yeah. I mean, it could just be an online streaming or, or a smart TV streaming service show type thing. Totally could be. You know, channel. Uh, could be. It is very interesting, very exciting. There was a lot of cool things. I am now curious though, because like you said, it was at its beginning the infancy of that whole gaming tech industry. Now, mm-hmm. what 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 do they have to offer now? because we have so much. What are they going to give us that the the Linus Tech Tips, the, you know, um, the craft computing, everyone mm-hmm. else, all these other gamers, computer tech people can't, can't give us. You know, CES this year is gonna be streamed live. Uh, um, all of these conventions are now gonna be streamed live. Why do we need to see them versus anyone else on YouTube, our favorite personalities on YouTube. This is the curiosity of what, what is it going to be? You know, it might, like, right. like you said, it might be on float plane. It might be another feature of like, Hey, nope. Well, someone else got big enough and, and they felt that they appreciated it so much that they want to bring it back and they right. have a big enough budget. Right. Um, yeah. Kevin needs a new job. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sure Kevin was probably the first one calling going, Hey guys, uh, you're bringing back attack of the show. Really? Yeah. You know, you know what? Awesome. That's uh, awesome guys. Really? Someone, do you have a host lined up yet? You know what it might, you know, and actually someone, someone, Michael kind of suggested this, or I at least think so on the chat Plex TV. Yeah. Plex. I Uh, I see this. It could come back on Plex. It could could come back on Roku. It could come back on a number of different services. I could see this on Plex. Mm-hmm. Because Plex is, is making a big push for a lot of live TV stuff, um, their own personal stuff. Um, what was that one channel Jerry Seinfeld was a part of? Um, the the comedians getting card the the original a uh, uh, couple of seasons comedians getting cards. It was like a free streaming service. Oh, I don't uh, remember what that was on. Um, but yeah, something, something like that. I wonder if they do something like that. So I, I don't know. Or I wonder if they're going to go on one of the new network streaming services like Peacock or right. ABC or, or like FXX streaming. Yeah. Or, or actually, you know, you know, I can see this on the Hulu. I can see this as Hulu. Totally. So yeah. Uh, Adam Sessler, Morgan Webb. Those were the two. Yeah. Sorry. I was trying to remember the names. And uh, yeah, Adam Susser, Morgan Webb, Kevin Pereira, and Olivia Munn. Those were the the four like big the, the personalities big host, yeah. on the on the network. So, but yeah, so yeah. probably the hosts aren't coming back unless they know something that we don't know. But well, they seem to be caught just as unaware as we did. I would say Olivia Munn wouldn't be. She's kind of. I would say Olivia Munn's probably not coming back. Yeah, uh, I, I bet she would make an appearance. Yeah, she she's playing in 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 Marvel movies at this point. Yeah, so, so Fox movies, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Crackle, Crackle, was some uh, Axel was saying Crackle, yes. Um, oh yeah, Crackle, yeah. Yeah, are you a baseball fan? No, I I am not either. I like so I am a baseball fan player. I like playing baseball. I like playing. I will go to a game if I don't have to pay more than fifty dollars for a ticket, and if it's not a dry stadium. 
yeah, uh, right. Those are my those are my rules. Those are the rules. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I'm I'm not a big fan watching. And so, with the announcement of baseball starting back up during this time, um, there was one thing that was missing, and it was they couldn't get through the first weekend without 14 confirmed cases in Florida. Like, come on, right? This is not well, going to last into August. Well, well, that wasn't the only. This thing. will be dead by August 6th. Market down. Well, that wasn't the only thing. I mean, they started doing like fake crowd noises. Yeah. And the only thing worse than fake crowd noises is literally a fake crowd. And, and they did like cardboard cutouts. Well, now they've gone a step further for us, for the people on Fox Sports. And they yeah. will literally use the Unreal Engine and implement fake users. I, I assume these are like Sims. <laughs> um. So I will say, I watched uh, a number of the NBA scrimmages this last week, which, by the way, the NBA season starts tomorrow, and I could not be more excited for it. Because mm-hmm. um, I am a basketball fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the NBA has been implementing basically like mass Zoom meetings. So you can join and be a part of the crowd, and they'll take your picture and they'll cut it out using the same tech that Zoom does to eliminate the background. And they'll put like virtual seats behind you and they'll stack you on some jumbotrons on the sidelines of the stadium. That's and, cool. And they'll pipe your sound into the mix. So when you're like screaming. And so if you cheer, it'll be played in the stadium. That's cool. Yeah. That was cool. That was really cool to watch. Um, and uh, And they're actually saying, if you're a home fan, uh, like we'll we'll give it like eighty percent home fans and twenty percent away fans, and so you're you're relegated to an away or a home team when you host or 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 go to a game, and so even though there's only three courts that you're playing on in Orlando in the bubble, there there's still a home and away field, yeah, and they'll the fill eighty percent yeah. of those seats with home fans. <laughs> That's cool. I like that, but not 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 for the MLB. Right. The MLB is just going to randomly generate. Uh, people yeah. using the uh, yeah, <laughs> using the Unreal Engine, using basically augmented reality to fill the stand, the empty stands that they're playing in front of. Yeah, I know. And then they're gonna like. It's 50... better than the Costco bears and turtles that are in that one shot <laughs> over the weekend. Although, okay, so 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 with this though, then then it started making me think though. Okay, with this technology, couldn't they theoretically? portray things being bigger and more popular anything not just sports arenas sports concerts uh speeches anything to be bigger than they are and fill all empty seats to and even like you know basically saying hey i will say what i'll say in real time for live broadcasts it's way more difficult than in post-production. In post-production, you can make anything happen and you can yes, make it look this fairly is, this realistic. Is live. This is supposed to be live. Right. But but now if you if you if you watch the video of the example they use, it's like the first five stands are empty and they have to pan up and yeah. it'll, it's almost like it has to uh, you know uh, catch up. Right. But again, that's where it's more of like, okay, if you had a say 50% full auditorium and you wanted to make it look a hundred percent full. Yeah. As it's panning up, your CPU and, and graphics are already catched up and you filled the blank area because you've right. mapped it already. 
Yeah. After the first whatever, you know, five minutes. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I I I was curious about that. Like, mm, I don't know if I like this or not. Yeah. Uh, of of now things can be skewed. So uh, so I've got it kind of playing on full screen. We're we're doing it as as legitimately as we can here. Um, if you've played Madden 2020, It'll, you, yeah. you know what fans were talking about. Yes, yes. It's exactly what it looks like. It yeah. doesn't look real, but again, from a far away distance, and if you're on the top area... And if I'm watching the replay on Twitter... Yeah, exactly. If you're watching a quick 30-second snippet, yeah. eh, you know, and where half the crowd is real and the other half isn't, that's probably then believable. That That's the only part I worry about. Now, they sit there and state for Fox... We want, this is the experience for watching sports. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool, whatever. Um, I, I like how they use at the end of it, the um, Fox football guy, not the MLB. Right. It's like, oh, that's, that's what I was laughing about. I was like, you're so stupid, Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's another thing I'm looking forward to. I'm more looking forward to football. Yes. I, I So, um, yeah. but yeah, so. That'll be interesting to see. Another thing of like Google, how do sports uh, manage in this time that we have? Will it change uh, forever or will it come to some kind of normal normality uh, or back to what we know as normality? Well, if baseball is any example, no. If basketball is the example, we might be able to watch the full season. Well, I, I'm talking in long, a long-term retrospect. Like, because we were talking earlier with Google of the long-term retrospect of work and remoting in, where sporting events is a bit different, and you do feel differently there than watching it or streaming it live. Yeah, right. There's there's a number of aspects of daily life that I don't know will ever be the same after all this is said and done. Yeah. Um how you buy your groceries, how you get things delivered to your house, uh, the expectation for those services, um, the expectation for eight to five in the office, uh, the expectation for, you know, a a lot of different things. A lot of it's gonna change because it has to, because it's been forced to. Um, That's not to say it's better or worse, but it's different, and it's different because it has to be now. Um, I do feel I, some aspects are better. I do feel you should let workers work from home yeah. if they do indeed have the option, and they prove they can be just as productive from home as they, they were from work. Um, I know I was certainly just as productive, if not more so, because instead of wasting three hours a day answering phone calls that I shouldn't be answering, that I should have someone else be answering, and, you know... Well, meetings and, that yeah. meetings that could have been emails and everything else. All well, of a sudden, you, we consolidated everything. Yeah, and you can and I got my job done in five hours instead of eight. And yeah, exactly. You you got a little bit better sleep too. You probably right. did. You know, so you're a bit more alert. Mm-hmm. So totally. uh, th- there's there's that aspect. I don't I don't know. Are there I I I think within two years, maybe even one. 85% will be back to normal. Maybe I, I, I feel I feel a good chunk of everything will be back to normal. I feel there are some industries that will have changed forever. Yes. Yeah. Because... Oh, 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 I I, to- I totally think that this 
has flipped uh, a lot of industries on its head and shown forcibly shown the amount of effort that they need to have put it in is not necessary and there could have been a much easier more innovative way and then it also forced a lot of companies to be very innovative right um in in the way they've delivered whatever form of service like you said delivery or or food or um um restaurant I, and actually i can get multiple six packs of rare beer delivered to my door from the local brewery now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i think that's I, all I, I need to say there and i think and also on top of that i think state um legislations of stuff like that right will continue to stay in place i don't think in two years i i honestly don't think they're gonna be like all right we're restricting that now i think like, I, look it didn't hurt anything let right. it go just, just right. let it keep going i can get liquor delivered to my door now yeah exactly i can get pre-made cocktails from applebee's delivered to my door and and, and with stuff like that i don't think uh, nobody died yeah no one died did, did duis increase in fact they probably decreased so right. let's continue with that right. you know um other things like that too uh delivery delivery services have become much more reliable Mm-hmm. Now, um, they have been upscaled to where, yeah, when I want to order something, I'm probably going to get it a lot faster and on time. My yep. tracking is going to be way better now. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of good things that have come out of this and some some bad things. You know, obviously, there's actually a lot of horrible things that happened. So, But uh, yeah, as far as business-wise, uh, our practices – I think there have been a lot of good eye-opening opportunities for places to grow. Yeah, I agree. So. And I think that's a great place to end it since we're 34 minutes over. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for watching this one. Make sure to like this video and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Hops and Brews. I guess yeah. he's over there. Uh, oh link is down in the video description. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Follow him on Twitter at Hops and Brews if you want. I guess. Why? Why? <laughs> those, those sexy Instagram pictures, I guess. Oh, no, the other ones. Oh, the other ones. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are just like, it looks like this. It's just a beer can yeah. tilted. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> You're on angle. On point. Uh, if you haven't done so already, think about joining the Patreon. Link is also down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to my Discord server where you can chat with myself and the other hosts from Talking Heads. That's John, that's Rhett, that's Steve, and in fact, even Tom from Tom Lawrence Systems is, is on, on my Discord. E Technics, yeah, Andy is is on Andy. my Discord. Uh, you at them, they'll respond, and yep. uh, and it's it's literally the best chat that I've ever been a part that, of. That includes BBS servers. That's how cool we are. We have other YouTubers part of our cha- uh, 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 of the Discord. That's, that's right. how cool it is. Yeah. Also, more also, than just John. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, as as cool as I am, as Jeff pointed out earlier, that I am the better man. As cool as that is, uh, uh, there are other ones. Um, also, on top of that, there is actually a secret, I'm not supposed to say this, after show party. After show party, starting right now. So, join the Patreon, get on over to the after show party, that's where I will be hanging out until midnight tonight, Pacific yep. time, that's another 90 minutes, because we went late. Anyway... Thank you so much for watching this one. Uh, Tune in next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news, and we will see you then.
Later, guys. See you guys.